In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about having a poop house, chili cheese fries and coney dogs, barring a hoe, and a big bag of nope in our discussion of White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. (laughs) Nope. 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 All the nope. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to discuss White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book, then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Ooh, you mixed Ooh. it up a little bit there. I like it. Did I? You did. Just the what tone and the intonation. Oh, okay. I was like, did I say the wrong words? No, the words, were, the words were all standard. That's fine because it is the standard The standard disclaimer. Standard disclaimer. Yeah, you mixed yeah. it up a little bit though. Yeah, I like it. I like I'm getting it. saucy. Saucy today. Very saucy. <laughs> oh, you know what else is going to be mixed up a little bit today? Ooh, I segue. 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 We're going to be joined after the break by someone from another podcast. Whoa. Ooh, 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 Tamara ooh, ooh. from Shelf Addiction is going to be joining us after the break today. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It's her yes. fault we're reading this book. Yeah. Should I? I shouldn't say it that way. She is the reason that we are reading the book. Because she, she is the reason. It. it was on our yes. radar, and we were going to get to it eventually. Yes. But she was like, yep. shall we read this one? And we're like, yeah. And we're like, yeah, totally. And it's a really good fit for her podcast, at least her podcast name. Shelf Addiction. Oh. Yeah. How did you miss that? Did you just, woo? I haven't had a nap tonight. Anywho, give me some background <laughs> info before the entire episode is just us going. No one, no one should be surprised that we take things too far. We take uh, things so... very seriously. We are professionals. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not at all. So I read an article on diversebooks.org uh, about Tiffany D. Jackson and about this book. And it was a really fun bit that I liked because it mentions two things that I love. So I pulled this quote from that article. Tiffany says, I grew up on R.L. Stein books and... Stephen King books. Yes! (laughs) Those are the books that took me out of my element and cocooned me in a world where I'm trying to figure out the problem around trying to survive. And for me, I feel like that's also incredibly important for kids to have that and not be rooted in the sum of our pain and racism, etc. Like, there could be elements of it, but what you're really thinking or talking about is the plot of the story. Nice. Yep. Nice. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see the R.L. Stein and the, the Stephen King influences. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we, we finally read this, this one. We do. I'm yes. glad. I'm so glad we finally read it. I feel like we recommended it a thousand times. Either we- in, if you liked this, try this, or... Just, just randomly, yeah. You and I talking well, about it off podcast, even, yeah. We have mentioned it quite a few times. Like we said, you know, we it's on our list, mm-hmm. and the sheer fact that tomorrow was like, let's read this one. We're like, yes, that's that that slot's in there because with having the book themes for our book club challenge, which we absolutely love and adore, sometimes we'll prioritize reading a book that fits the theme more than will prioritise something outside of it. Um, Yeah. And I think this is one of the ones that we've pushed back and pushed back because we haven't found quite the right theme to slot into. We could if if we'd had it last October, I think, for Haunted House. Was it a Haunted House last no, it was the year before. We would have it would have Was it two years ago? I think it was. I think it was. Wow. Because last year was was Magic and Whimsy. The year before that was Haunted House. So if we had it for then, I think we would have 100% covered it, but it wasn't out then. Yeah. But I've only ever heard good things about this as well. So very excited yeah. to, to have finally read it. Yeah, and it, I mean, the description of the book is what the haunting of Hill House meets Get Out yeah sold in need it you don't need to know anything else other nope. than that nope that's it well actually you do in order to put, like listen and understand the discussion we're going to give you an in-depth summary <laughs> oh shock no one is shocked by that no one is shocked by the in-depth summary yeah all right well let's go let's go let's, let's go, go let's go a gruff Old person's voice declares, The house is theirs, and it won't be taken from them. The house was paid for with their family's blood. The person is possessive to the point of threatening. But they're glad a little friend has come. Creepy! Immediate creep! Marigold Anderson is sick of motels, greasy diners, cement highways and gas station bathrooms. For days, she and her family, her mom Raquel, little brother Sammy, stepfather Alec Green, stepsister Piper and Buddy, the family dog, have been on the road travelling from California to their new home in Cedarville in the Midwest. Mari loves her little brother, Sammy, but barely tolerates her stepsister Piper. Same. <laughs> who has whined and mourned and complained the whole journey. Mari has to keep repeating to herself that change is good, change is necessary, change is needed. Change is definitely needed. Mari has a bed bug fixation and spots a black speck on her clothes and is convinced she has been infested. But the speck is just lint. She is desperate for a blunt, desperate to feel numbness again. She's been working through stuff with her therapist, but the future is so uncertain, particularly this move. However, the only thing she's going to miss about California is her friend Tamara. 
When they eventually reach Cedarville, the town looks like something from The Walking Dead. It looks abandoned. Ah! Raquel, Mari's mom, would the three-year grow where you are planted, G-W-Y-P, residency, which will pay her to write and pay the bills. This is great because Mari's parents had to pay a lot of money to help her get clean. In addition to the money, the GWYP residency also comes with a massive old house that is still being extensively renovated as they pull in the driveway. Irma, the GWYP rep, is there to greet them and has brought a welcome basket. Mari spots and immediately throws the nuts out as Sammy is severely allergic to them. Irma shows them around the house and during the tour, Mari sees a shadow and he's a slow inhale of breath behind a door. But no one is there. Fuck. It's just the shadows of the trees. Don't worry, it's fine. They literally just got there. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) After the tour, Irma goes through the specifics of the contract with Piper constantly and annoyingly trying to get her father's attention. Sammy asks where everyone is and Irma gives them a whistle-stop tour of Cedarville from the porch, including the urban garden programme, the library and the schools. And those are the key the key things that you need. Yes. Garden. Library! <laughs> school. I mean, I guess school is important. I guess. In the street, people start to silently come out of the houses, but they look like a creepy crowd of mannequins. At 5.35, exactly on the dot, all the contractors put their tools down and can't get out of the house fast enough. Mari thinks the house smells weird, which spikes her anxiety, so she burns incense in her new room while she inspects and treats the floor for bedbugs. Piper, who is always, always watching, fakes a cough and tells her dad that Mari's smoking again, which we all know is blatantly not true. The next day, in the kitchen... (laughs) Raquel is doing the dishes and she reminds Mari and Sammy that everyone needs to clean up after themselves. But the dishes aren't theirs because they know the rules. They probably belong to Piper, but they want too high a shelf for her to reach. Mari tries to tell her mum that she heard someone walking around last night, but this is dismissed. Piper is standing on the stairs listening to all this like a giant creep. Of course she is. Miguel <laughs> makes a point of putting Sammy's EpiPens at an accessible place in the kitchen where everyone knows where they are. The contractors arrive then and they look apprehensive. They've lost a hammer, but none of the family have seen it. While Sammy plays video games, Alec and Piper are at the store and her mom works. Mari starts to inspect and treat the communal rooms for bedbugs. Oh my god, the bedbugs. She feels a creak behind her, but she's alone. Yet she can't shake the sense and essence of someone. Mari notices the basement door is open. But the family was told by Irma under no circumstances to open the basement door. Mari opens it wider and the hinges squeak. It's black down there at the bottom. Creak. Basements are bad places. They are. Don't go in there ever. 
Never. The only acceptable basement is a pub basement. And that's generally because that's where the, the good jukebox is. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, don't go into creepy old house basements. No, 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 no. It's not no. a good place. Buddy comes running in. Mari decides to take him for a walk and Sammy volunteers to come along. As Mari opens the front door, she is punched in the face <laughs> by a boy around Mari's age, Yusuf Brown, who was knocking at the same time. Oops! Giant accident. Oh. Hilarious, but giant accident. Oh, I love an accidental Alec. face punch. <laughs> Alec met Yusuf at the store and sent him to the house to do yard work with his uncle. Yusuf is super apologetic, really nice, and very flirty with Mari. Once everything is sorted and settled, Mari goes to her cell phone, hoping she will last have a signal, but she can't find it. Mari retraces her steps and is about to borrow her mom's to call it when she spots it on the stairs. That's not right. Someone must have put it there. Someone. While washing the dishes, Sammy, being the supportive little brother he is, makes fun of Mari for being punched in the face. <laughs> Piper watches creepily from the table. Alec mentions he can't find his watch before taking Piper to bed. The next day, there is a rancid smell coming from a vent or maybe the basement? Mr. Watson, the contractor, says no one goes into the basement. Suddenly, the TV clicks on. The cable guy has managed to connect it, and the program is an evangelical preacher, Scott Clark, trying to sell magic seeds. Apparently, everyone watches this guy and buys into it. Strange little things continue to happen around the house. Things are going missing. They run out of milk a lot quicker than normal. Piper says she saw a man in the hall just standing. Though Alec suggests it was Mari with heavy implication to its true meaning, and she was high. Fuck off, man. But they dismiss it as Piper's imaginary friend. Later, something wakes Mari up. No one is in her room, but she can't shake the feeling that she's being watched. And the family room light is on. Mari investigates with Buddy sniffing around and she notices the clock has been moved. Suddenly, there is a loud creak and a violent stench from the closet. Mari nopes out of there. Nope, the hell right out of there. Nope. 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 On a walk with Sammy, Mari finally has enough signal to call their dad, who is currently working in Japan, and update him on the move. Sammy wants to investigate all the abandoned houses on their street, but Mari immediately thinks that there are probably bedbugs inside, so she doesn't want to go and decides she could really use some weed. The abandoned house they go into is unsettling. It's as if the family only just left, though there are signs of squatters. A creak from upstairs has Mari and Sammy backing up into the kitchen. But it's only Piper. Run away! Get her! She's the worst! Back at home, Kel is making dinner and mentions she keeps misplacing kitchen tools. But she probably can't find them because of the move. It's fine. When the contractors arrive, Mari asks if other houses are being renovated and receives a resounding no. 
there have also been multiple different contractors working on the house because no one seems to stay for long. Later, when Mari is in the shower, the water cuts off. This happens more than once. When the soap suds clear from her eyes, Mari sees a gnarled hand slip past the curtain, turning the water off. Nope. Screaming, Mari runs out of the shower. Sammy, in the hallway, denies turning the water off while Piper watches them like the giant creep she is. Finally, they have internet in their house and Mari is able to get a video call through to Tamara and tells her about the weird, spooky stuff going on. They also talk about how Mari needs to get some weed, so Tamara suggests she grow it herself in one of the abandoned houses. As they talk, Tamara watches the bedroom door behind Mari open by itself. Nope. 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 Uh-uh. Nope. Nope. <laughs> On their first day of school, Mari and Sammy's dad calls. He has arranged a surprise for Mari, a new pair of running shoes that Alec places in front of her. Mari was one of the best on the team at her old school, and everyone expects her to take up track here, but she's not going to run track anymore because she wants to focus on her healing. Mari gets to school and notices that it's really old and really ugly and with more girls than boys. Mari notes it smells a little musty like a nursing home because she's been trying to sniff out someone who smells like weed and finds one girl, Erica. She very, very awkwardly tries to make friends, but she's also trying to be careful. Later, Mari runs into Yusuf and he's all flirty again. Erica warns Mari that she better be careful because of the high estrogen count of the other girls at the school who want to hook up with Yusuf. Back at home, Mari asks her mum for lunch money, but her mum decides she'll just add money directly to an account at the school. Mari is pissed they don't trust her with the money and goes on a run, hoping it will help against the craving. Mari desperately needs some weed because she's having weird dreams of creaking floorboards and Piper attacking her, while usually bedbugs are the star of her dreams. Mom and Alec are talking about Piper having an imaginary friend, Miss Sugar, which at 10 years old seems a little odd. She's a little bit old for an imaginary Mm. friend. She's a little smidge. Alec points out the same thing happened after her grandmother died. She and Piper were really close, and Piper's going through a lot of changes right now, so it's understandable. It is. Is it? Is it? Piper's a creep, okay? Well, Piper is a creep, but I still, you know, she's 10, and having an imaginary friend and no other friends, and, you know, siblings who don't really talk to her i can understand why dude please do not tell me you are feeling sorry for piper no i don't feel sorry for her but i also but i i, I empathize mm. or sympathize right. to her situation right. i can dislike somebody and sympathize and have sympathy for them mm. Though Mari could ask Erica for a hookup, she is seriously considering her own weed garden. But she needs to secure a place, supplies and seeds. Like everything. (laughs) Literally everything. Literally everything. (laughs) 
Remembering the Urban Garden Club mentioned by Irma, Mari heads to the library. At the garden club, she finds out that you need to participate in the club activities in order to borrow the tools. Yusuf is there, of course, and after they're done, he takes her to his place. Yusuf's pop-pop is watching Preacher Steve Clark on TV. In his room, Mari finds out that Yusuf is also a DJ, and though he plays music about weed, he doesn't smoke it. Later, Mari is dreaming, and she's paralyzed. Sleep paralysis dream. Your favorite thing in the world. She can hear someone creeping around and makes out an outline of a person in her room. Suddenly, she feels bedbugs crawling everywhere. When she wakes, Mari heads to the kitchen with Buddy and spots someone watching the house outside in a truck. (laughs) When she opens the door, they drive off. Later, Mari is talking to Tamara and begs her to send some marijuana seeds. Against her better judgment, she does. On their anniversary, Raquel and Alec go out to celebrate, leaving Mari in charge. As everyone is getting ready or settled, Piper fills a snack box with treats and says she's going to have a tea party with Ms Sugar. Meanwhile, Mari decides that 219 Maple Street seems to be the only house on their street that is suitable to grow her cannabis garden that she dubs her secret garden. She drags in her gardening supplies, including the seeds germinated under her bed from Tamara. Back at home, her hands are cut up from setting up the secret garden. And as she goes to get salve, Mari hears Piper having a conversation with someone who can't see who though she knows it's not Alec. When pushed about who it is, Piper calls for Alec, who comes running. She's all innocence and light when her dad is there to protect her, and she claims she was talking to her dead grandma. Her nasty smile suggests otherwise. Ugh, why is she so terrible? <sighs> Can you call a ten-year-old a bitch? Cause I'm She's gonna. a bitch. Bitch. She's a bitch. Erica smokes a lot and is steamed every day, and Mari is jealous. Erica tells her everyone knows she was at Yusuf's house the other day and is now public enemy number one. After school, Mari is the first one to get home. The house is making weird creaking noises again, and she hates it. In the kitchen, Mari finds the cabinet doors and drawers open and empty. Food dishes, pots and pans and silverware all laid out on the counters. Mari thinks it's Sammy, but Sammy and her mom think it's her, looking for bed bugs again. So, uh, who did this? Outside, there is someone on the porch asking for Piper's mom. With her is a girl around Piper's age. She tells Raquel that it's not safe to play in the abandoned houses and that Piper tried to persuade her daughter to play in one because she plays in one all the time. When confronted, Piper says that Marigold plays in them too, but Mari calls her bluff and it seems to work. Piper says Ms Sugar has seen Mari and starts demanding her dad. The next morning, Mari is worried about Piper's accusation and decides she needs to be careful. Then, the rancid smell is back, so Mari burns sage to cleanse the house. 
Piper is waiting for Mari. She tells her it's Miss Sugar's house, and she doesn't like what Mari is doing and doesn't want her selling drugs in her house, and she wants Mari to leave, so Mari challenges her. Just then, there's a strange light outside. The house across the street is on fire. Raquel tells everyone to get their shoes on in case they need to evacuate, but oddly, Piper already has her muddy shoes on under her PJs. Sammy and Piper watch from the porch as the police investigate the charred remains of number 215, and Mari is concerned because it's so close to her secret garden. Later, Mr. Sterling from the Sterling Foundation, which is sponsoring the residency and redevelopment of Cedarville, and Irma have come for dinner. It's as fun as you would expect. Raquel and Alec tell the story of how they met. Mr. Sterling compliments the food, and Piper asks what happened to the house across the street. They tell her it was an accident and someone threw out a cigarette, but Piper doesn't stop talking and says she heard junkies use the house with pointed looks on Mari. Mari changes the subject to their own house and the weird things that happen there, but Irma says not to believe the stories about it being haunted because she personally had it blessed. Oh, what? oh, okay. Uh-huh. What? Who said anything about haunted? Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Best my red flag again. At 6 a.m., there is a pounding at the front door. It's a neighbor who had a pile of tools taken, and he's just found them on their front porch. Except his axe, which is still missing. Strange. At school, Mari hears whispers about her being the girl on Maple Street. And at Garden Club, she asks Yusuf about it. He explains that everyone is surprised that she's still alive since she lives in the hag's house. Wait. What? This is a bombshell moment. (laughs) Yusuf explains that the hag is a demon woman who paralyzes you in your sleep and steals your skin. And apparently, Mari is the hag in new skin. Nice. Yusuf then spots three black dots on Mari's sleeve, and her bed bug fixation kicks in. They're just ladybugs, but she can't deal with it. Years ago, before her parents' divorce, there were hoarders of a sort. Her dad returned one day from a work trip to New York, bringing bedbugs with him. Mari was viciously bitten, but no one believed anything other than teenage hormones caused all the violent, raised bite marks. Eventually, Mari found an article online about bedbugs, and she knew she found the reason, and the many writhing nests in her mattress confirmed it. Nope. Nope. I think I would be sick at that point. Everything had to be disposed of and burned, but she could still see them and still feel them. Tamara's cousin introduced her to weed to help her calm down, but when she tore a muscle in track, she found that crushed-up Percocet also worked perfectly to calm her nerves. Now, Mari is running home, stripping off her clothes. When she goes upstairs, naked, to take a hot shower, Mari finds Piper in her room, crushing up her incense sticks and sage, because Ms. Sugar doesn't like them. 
They wrestle and Mari tells her to get out of her mother's home if she doesn't like it. The next morning, Mari comes downstairs and finds the usual glass in the wrong place and the basement door open, the rancid smell emanating from inside. Then she realizes she hasn't seen Buddy. Is he down there? Mari hears a raspy voice from the basement whisper, It's not your house. Then there are creaking sounds of someone walking up the stairs. It's my house. Mari runs upstairs when music suddenly blasts and Buddy and Sammy run out of Sammy's room and Mari tells her mom someone is in the basement. Alec goes down and finds the basement door locked. Her mom is about to ask if she's on drugs. No, don't you say it. Don't you don't stop it. It's okay to say that you don't believe her, but don't accuse her of taking drugs again. Mari looks out the window to see the truck across the street is still watching the house. How Mari is not more paranoid by this point? Well, because she's too paranoid about the bed bugs. Well, I'm not saying that's a silver lining because it's creepy. It's awful bed bugs. Yuck. Anywho, later, the whole family must attend the Sterling Foundation's first open house event at their new offices. <gasps> Fun! It's not. It's the usual boring corporate affair. However, the speech Mr. Sterling gives makes Mari realise they want to redevelop the whole of Maplewood with offices and retail shops and a giant parking space. They will flatten what is already there, but what do they plan to do with the residents? When they get home after the event, the lights are still on and they can see a lamp has been knocked over. Alec goes in to investigate and Raquel calls 911. The house looks like it's been through a tornado. Well, Alec and Piper's things remain untouched. Oh, convenient. After the open house and break-in... Mari talks to her dad, who is an architect, about the foundation and their plans, and he offers her one piece of advice. Follow the money. Mari takes off for a run and ends up in front of Erica's house, and they chat for a while about her dad, who is in prison for possession of an ounce of weed because of stupid laws put in place by Mr. Sterling's older brother when he was governor. Erica invites Mari to a party that night where Yusuf will be DJing. Later, Mari reaches Tamara, who tells her about the prank calls that Mari made. Uh, that wasn't her. Tamara guesses it could have been Piper with the long hair and the heavy breathing. She stopped answering after like 20 calls. Tamara took a screenshot, but... Mari doesn't recognize the figure. Nope. Tell your parents. Nope. Well, they don't believe you. You're on all the drugs. It's a friggin' picture sent by the... Oh. Nope. Mari heads to the party, which is an abandoned house. Yusuf is behind his DJ setup. She's on edge after all that's gone on, understandably, and needs to hit up Erica for some weed. But for now, the cheap vodka will do. Erica finds her and lights a spliff, offering Mari a draw. Yusuf isn't impressed when she takes it and storms away. Mari still feels great when she goes to bed, but wakes up suddenly cold. The rancid smell is strong. 
the door of her room is open. Her comforter is gone and someone is standing at the bottom of her bed fisting the sheet. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Mari gets up and walks out of the room, ignoring the person muttering at the foot of her bed. Nope. Sound. That's a sound nope. decision. <laughs> She's trying to convince herself it's a dream and is worried she'll be found high if she wakes anyone up. In the bathroom, Mari calls Yusuf, but he isn't buying that any of this could be real and tells her to get a piece of paper and draw a happy face on it and slip it under the door. Demons don't like happiness, and when she wakes up and finds it, it will make her smile. Mari sleeps in the bathtub for the rest of the night and in the morning finds the paper, but it doesn't have the smiley face on anymore. The paper is flipped over. And there's an angry face with pointy teeth drawn on in a childlike hand. She accuses Piper of doing it, but Piper says it was Miss Sugar. Looking at Piper's face, Mari knows she can't say anything because she'll be forced to take an at-home drug test and will fail it. Mari catches Tamara up with what's been happening. In the background, Buddy's hackles start to rise. Tamara tells Mari to give Piper some slack because she's just a little kid who found her beloved grandma dead. Tamara then asks who the person is walking by her door. And then the back door slams. Nope. Nope. Mari investigates but can't find anyone. But then the power goes out and sounds and shadows confuse everything. Then suddenly the lights come back on. Mari finds her phone, which wasn't where she left it, and calls Yusuf. He's with Erica, and they come and pick her up. Get the hell out of there. Get out. They go to a greasy diner, where Erica is flabbergasted that Mari is vegetarian. Then Yusuf takes them to the beach. Mari asks what they do for Halloween, and they tell her they don't do anything. Yusuf tells Mari about a kid who, around 30 years ago on Halloween, went into Maplewood and was found dead the next day. The houses were abandoned back then, but filled with druggies and squatters. Every year, someone tries to smoke out the houses, but people have died in those fires and they can get out of control. No one knows who sets the fires, but now people stay home on Halloween to protect what's theirs. Yikes. Back at home, Mari takes her dad's advice to follow the money. She pulls up the foundation website and looks over the board of trustees. They're all rich, but rich enough to buy half a city? Then she looks up Maplewood Devil's Night. There doesn't appear to be a lot of information. Then she looks up Seth Reed, the boy who died in the house and finds a lot of references to the Russo family. The next morning, Mari's alarm keeps going off. Wake up, take pills, pack a school bag, which are all her usual alarms, but at the wrong times. Then there's another one. I want she didn't set. Where's Buddy? Where is Buddy? Then there's another alarm. Did you remember to lock the door last night? And another and another, and another, and another, and another. Did you check for bed bugs? <gasps> Mari is sent into a panic. It must be Piper. It must be. 
Mari is pissed as well and goes after the little shit in the kitchen. Mari grabs her by the hair so she can't get away and Piper screams for her daddy. Daddy, 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 daddy. daddy. Alec comes running and Raquel is there trying to calm the situation. Piper tells Mari Ms. Sugar did it. Alec doesn't do anything to score Piper for messing with Mari's things or for still having an imaginary friend at her age. Come on! You have got to do something about this stupid little bitch. (sighs) Later, Raquel swears she heard Mari calling her, but she didn't, and asks if she's seen the broom because it's gone missing, but nope. Taking this opportunity to speak to her daughter, Raquel tries to encourage Mari to join the track team again because it would be good for her, but again, nope. Mari's secret garden is growing well, but she feels like there's something wrong at the house. The furniture has been clustered together and there are muddy footprints inside. Has someone been there? When Mari returns home, she runs into Mr. Watson, who has found her spare clothes for her secret garden visits under the deck. They're just her garden clothes? Yeah, right. Yep. Talking to Yusuf at night has become a regular thing. As they talk, Mari, he is a creak, but tries to ignore it. To blow off steam, Yusuf takes Mari and Sammy out of the city to an apple orchard. While Sammy is riding a noble steed in the paddock, Yusuf finds out about Mari's ex. He was an asshole. And she finds out about Yusuf's lack of one, even though the girls outnumber the boys ten to one. Yusuf tells Mari he found out that the Sterling Foundation is planning to tear down the library. That is an act against humanity. Mari thinks Maplewood could use improvement, but Yusuf says not all change is a good thing and that they should save their legacy instead of tearing it down. Yusuf points out that Mari's little sister could have come today too, but Mari denies that Piper is her little sister, which makes Yusuf challenge her attitude. Does she talk like that around her? Because that's not cool. Mari turns defensive. He doesn't know how horrible Piper is. She is terrible. She is, but she is your little sister. Mm. It might not be by blood, but it's by marriage. Mm. Later at home, Mari is thinking about what she saw at the secret garden when Sammy calls up to her. Buddy is acting weird. He's like a living statue looking at the basement door. Something seems to transfix Sammy, too, who thought he heard something, but then he dismisses it. Then they wonder where Piper is and if she could be behind the sounds in the basement. But they have no idea where she is, which is bad, as Mari is supposed to be babysitting. Just then, Sammy spots some black flecks on Mari's clothes, causing a surge of panic, and she can't stop the scream from coming. Sammy realizes it's coffee, but it's too late. Piper is watching and looks smug at Mari's manic reaction. Sammy calls their mom home, and she manages to get Mari relaxed. Sammy has stripped the sofa to show Mari it's only coffee and not bed bugs. But how do the coffee grinds get into the sofa? It has to be Piper. Jerk. (laughs) At school, Mari is trying to find Erica because she needs a blunt the size of her head. (laughs) 
What she finds is Erica being taken out by two police officers for selling drugs. Yusuf tries to get Erica free as she cries to check on her grandmother. Mari thinks Erica was framed. When Mari gets home, it's to find Mr. Sterling there. Mari is spooked and can't trust anyone and is convinced they are being watched and their Wi-Fi monitored. Raquel gives Mari a peacup and tells her she needs to be sure she's not using drugs again on account of all of her free counselling. At the garden club, Yusuf is working hard, distracted. He knows Erica would never bring drugs to school, and Mari confesses she was once an addict. Yusuf doesn't understand why Mari would turn to drugs and lays into her, but Mari correctly points out why it is none of his business. Yusuf doesn't like drugs, as they've sent nearly all his family and friends to prison. Mari changes the subject and says she needs to head to the library to print her homework, because apparently Miss Sugar doesn't like her computer at home. The name Miss Sugar makes Yusuf go still, and he says he needs to tell Mari something back at his place. Yusuf takes Mari into his pop-pop's room and shows her an old picture of Maple Street in its heyday. One of the people is Miss Sugar, who owns the bakery. Her father had won some money and bought all his kids a house on Maple Street. When he died, developers came knocking. Miss Sugar refused to sell. Then rumours about selling drugs and John John, Miss Sugar's son, messing with kids started going around. After the little boy, Seth Reed, was found, John John's house was set on fire and Miss Sugar ran in but never came out. After it came what came out that the Russo mobsters paid the kids to lie about being hurt by John John. Oh. Now Miss Sugar is the hag who will haunt your dreams if you disrespect her family. So how does Piper know about Miss Sugar? Mari promises Yusuf she won't tell anyone about the true story about what happened. Does the maple wood shame? Ooh. In bed, Mari hears something thumping from above. On the roof? She can't move her arms and feels something pressing her into the mattress. Then Mari sees the ghoulish Miss Sugar standing in the corner. Fire! Alex shouts. Wait, she isn't dreaming? More thumps wake Mari up. Oh, so she is dreaming. And she pulls herself to the window. The thumps are from the tree hitting the roof. The house next door is still boarded up and there is no fire. Heading downstairs for coffee, determined never to sleep again, Mari spots the truck watching the house again. Having enough of the creepy bullshit, Mari opens the door and the truck speeds off. She's also sure she sees someone sneaking into the secret garden. Going back inside, Mari notices all the coffee things have been moved. Nope. Nope. Mari is convinced she's living in a cheesy horror movie. All the elements are there, but they also seem a little off. She needs to research ghosts, and yep, it looks like she's experiencing a haunting. Meanwhile, Sammy's shouting for her, but when she goes downstairs, she can't find him. Then a closet creaks open, and knowing she really shouldn't, Mari goes to investigate. Just then, a hand shoots out and drags her inside the closet. It's Sammy, and he's terrified because the voice calling out to Mari is him, but it isn't him. <gasps> and you're still calling out. Shit. Nope. Shit. Nope. Shit. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. nope. 
Someone is coming up the basement steps and the voice is getting louder. So Mari pushes Sammy behind her. Then the house goes still and silent. Someone is right outside the closet door, but then moves on. They decide they need to make a run for it, but Mari needs to head back for Piper. Calling her, Mari sees Piper at the top of the stairs, but she doesn't acknowledge her, just turns back around. Ah. Suddenly, a broom swats at Mari, sending her flying, and a gruff voice screams, Get out my house! But there isn't anyone there. And the broom comes flying at her again before she escapes the house. Suddenly, Mari's body seems to give up, so she sends Sammy running to Yusuf's house and passes out in the middle of the street. I really liked your ghost voice just then. It was good. (laughs) Mari comes to for a moment and sees Mr. Watson before falling unconscious again. When she comes to again, it's on a strange sofa and thoughts of bedbugs fill her mind until she hears Yusuf's voice. Yusuf and Pop Pop take Mari and Sammy home. And when they arrive, the police are there and they hear Piper lying about being left alone. Sammy is trying to tell them the house is haunted. Alec is pissed at Mari for abandoning his daughter. Mari denies Piper's lies before realizing Piper must be possessed by the hag. Everyone thinks Mari is on drugs again, but Sammy defends her. Do they think he's high too? Mari tells him she's going back to California to live with her dad. And Sammy says he's going too. Their dad is still working in Japan, so it's going to be two weeks before they can get the hell out of Cedarville and the haunted house. Sammy has set booby traps to keep him and Mari safe since no one seems to believe them. Raquel tries to talk to Sammy and Mari to persuade them to stay and try to be a family. Nope. (laughs) Mr. Watson comes by the house later to take a look at the electricity, but Mari doesn't trust him. Lying on Sammy's bed, Mari wonders why the Sterling Foundation moved them into Ms. Sugar's house. She and Sammy are also worried about leaving their mum alone with Piper. Sammy says they need to get proof of the hauntings and Piper's involvement and pulls out a couple of GoPro cameras his dad gave him to get it. Mari is hanging at Yusuf's house later. While Pop Pop watches the evangelical preacher, Mari asks to rewind the program so she can take a picture of a photo on the preacher's shelf. One of the girls in the photo looks familiar, so Mari Googles Scott Clark and finds out that his daughter sits on the Sterling Foundation board of directors. She looks familiar because she saw her at the Foundation Open House event. Mari calls Tamara and tells her about all the connections and that Mablewood is being purposefully kept run down. Tamara also says that Instagram is filled with Devil's Night images and there's even a hashtag for it, but Mari can't see any of that. It must be shadow banned. Tamara tells her she needs to get out. Get out. So does the ghost. Get out. (laughs) That night. Mari is camped out on Sammy's floor and they both hear the creak of the bathroom door, but no footsteps. Then they hear footsteps downstairs. Sammy grabs the GoPro cameras and shows Raquel and Alec. It's Piper getting a cup of water. Nope. But she's looking directly into the camera like she knows exactly where they are. I mean, she is a creep, so... Mari tells Sammy to set the cameras up in different places while she distracts Piper. Mari confronts Piper about Ms. Sugar and finds that Piper is hurt because she is ignored by Mari and she also wants everyone else gone so Ms. Sugar will come and make apple pie like her grandma used to. 
Mari, of course, fucks up the conversation and it ends up in a shouting match. Then the foul smell comes back. The house comes alive and the lights go out. Alec is determined to get into the basement to get the circuit breaker, but the power comes back on. However, all of the rest of the power across Maplewood is out. Standing on the porch, a crowd of people come out of their houses and head to theirs. Why do they have power? The crowd seems hungry and angry, throwing horrible verbal attacks until the power comes back. Mari notices Mr. Watson amongst the crowd and sees him getting into a familiar truck. The next day, Mari heads to the secret garden and finds Yusuf looking at her plants. He's angry, she lied, and tells her to get rid of the weed. Mari tries to reason with him, but it doesn't hold water, so Mari throws all the plants into the compost bin. When Tamara calls, Mari tells her everything, but Tamara agrees with Yusuf. She also sends her an article about recreational marijuana being legalized in the state. When Mari gets home, Raquel is at a foundation thing. Piper is upstairs and Sammy is about to indulge in some oatmeal before checking the GoPros. On the stairs, Mari steps on something sharp and thinks it's a nail. But it's actually a tooth. About to confront Piper, Mari stops and instead apologises for her behaviour and asks for a truce. From downstairs, there is a clatter and Buddy barks wildly. Mari runs downstairs to find Sammy sprawled out, having an allergic reaction to what turns out to be peanut butter in the oatmeal. The EpiPens aren't in the cabinet above the fridge. Instead, there is a smashed up GoPro camera. The emergency EpiPens he keeps in his backpack aren't there either. Finally, Mari finds one in her stuff from California. Standing up, Mari spots another crumpled GoPro on her bed. My Piper is on the phone with 911. Mari pulls Sammy outside and administers the EpiPen. Now Sammy's in the hospital and in stable condition. Raquel feels guilty. Piper looks guilty. Their dad is on an emergency flight home from Japan. Sammy asks to see Mari and he tells her there was a third older camera he hid in the kitchen cabinet that he didn't tell her about because it might not work. There has to be something on there. Either there's a ghost or Piper tried to kill him. When they get back to the house, they all hear a wet, hacking cough. They find Buddy lying in front of the bathroom, wheezing and not able to breathe properly. Raquel and Alec take Buddy and leave Mari and Piper in the house. Mari accuses Piper of poisoning her brother and their dog and grabs the third GoPro. Piper is crying as Mari storms out to Yusuf's. Yusuf isn't too happy to see Mari, but agrees to take a look at the GoPro recording. As he's setting it up, Mari tells him the whole story of her addiction and how someone spiked the weed she got off someone her ex sent her to with phenytal, and Sammy found her on the floor foaming at the mouth. On the screen, the kitchen looks still, then an old woman starts to climb out of the cupboard. It's my favorite. No. It's my favorite part. No. It's my favorite part. No. It's my favorite part. The hand is the same one Mari saw in the shower. She's wearing rags, a sweater Mari thought she lost, and an apron with a pie stitched on the front. The woman starts to eat the food in the fridge with her hands, and then Piper enters the frame and talks to the woman. The woman then takes a key and goes down to the basement. 
Mari's phone rings then. Her mom is screaming. It's not completely understandable except for her to get out of the house. Mari races home. Dude, your mom just told you to get out. Why are you going back? Well, she's suddenly grown a conscience, hasn't she? Mari screams for Piper, but she doesn't answer. The basement door is open, so Mari goes down. There is a treasure hoard of lost items on two makeshift beds, probably riddled with bedbugs. Running back upstairs, Mari tries to find Piper, but instead finds evidence of the old woman living in Piper's closet. Then the smell hits her. Mari spots a yellow eye in the linen closet in the reflection of the mirror, and when the door opens, there is the man she thought was a demon. He looks scared and misshapen. It's John John. His hand drips blood as two fingers are missing, and he's holding an axe. Mari tries to run, but he catches her in the kitchen. Yusuf comes running into the house, and together they manage to stop the man. The downstairs closet is flung open, and the old woman comes out, telling them to leave her baby alone, and then she bites Mari. Yusuf manages to get her off as John John swings the axe aimlessly. Mr. Brown appears in the doorway and fires his gun in the air. He recognizes the woman. It's Miss Sugar. But John John has fled. Police and EMTs arrive and they treat Miss Sugar and the bites she gave Mari. Raquel tells Mari the vet found two bitten off fingers inside Buddy's mouth. And she and Alec tried to warn Mari and get home as fast as they could. But now Mari is hurt and Piper is missing. Mr. Sterling turns up and offers to speak to the crowd outside. The sound of his voice stirs Ms. Sugar and she charges at him. The crowd can see what is going on, can see the myth is real. How did they survive the fire? Mr. Sterling incites the crowd and using the porch as a pulpit, he tells them to smoke John John out, then leaves. Yusuf and Mr. Brown try to calm the masses, but the hunt is on. Mari spots Mr. Watson and asks him about Ms. Sugar and John John. He didn't know they were living in the basement, but he suspected, so he kept watch, trying to find out the truth. Meanwhile, the police come pouring out of the house and leave. They've been ordered out of Maplewood. You're the police. You're supposed to be there helping. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Carrying an axe, Mari starts to search the abandoned houses on the street and finds hidden piles of gasoline, bricks, fireworks, all the tools needed to burn down the city. This was the Foundation's plan all along, to find a desperate family as bait and use Miss Sugar and John John to hunt them and scare them out. In the secret garden house, Mari finds footsteps to a secret passage and a tunnel. At the end of the tunnel, Mari emerges into her own basement and finds the towering figure of John John behind her. Dang. Nope. Mari demands to know where Piper is. John John struggles to speak but tells her he can take her to Piper. However, noises from above force them to take a look. Outside, the mob is setting its houses on fire, and currently the secret garden house is being targeted. John John takes Mari back to the basement to the tunnels his father built a long time ago because he hated the cold. John John also says that a man told them to run Mari and her family off, and they did. 
At least they tried to. And if they did, they could have the house again. They emerge into the house next door, where John John says Miss Sugar brought Piper. They can hear the crowd outside, but also a thumping from the roof. So Mari decides she needs to get up there. John John leads her further into the house as the mob outside starts throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails. The fire absolutely terrifies John John. Understandably Understandable. so. He's still scarred yeah. from the first time. Mari and John John split up to search. In a bedroom, Mari can hear the thumps coming from behind a bed riddled with bed bugs. Actually, this time, there are actually bed bugs there this time. Her panic starts, but she can't leave Piper and moves the mattress as the smoke from the fire starts coming in. Piper is bound and gagged in a closet, and after they free her, Piper leaps into Mari's arms, apologizing. Then, John John breaks a boarded-up window. As she steps forward, Mari's foot falls through the floor, and she can feel the fire burning her leg. John John pulls her up and gets them out the window and onto a nearby tree. John John doesn't want to leave the house because the mob is so riled up. He runs off to the tunnel, his clothes on fire. Mari and Piper head to Yusuf's house. Piper apologizes and feels guilty. She helps Mari clean her leg wound. Together they watch the riot on TV. We've got the story all wrong, and Mari will make sure the truth is told. Change is good. Change is not always necessary, but the right change is most definitely needed. Sheesh. Uh... Nope. Wow. Nope. 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 Mm-mm. No. Do you see this bucket? Nope. It's the fucker bucket. Nope. Put it all in the fucker bucket. Yep. Nope. <sighs> okay. We need to take a break for a minute so we can go and check our kitchens, check the basements, make sure that there's no one, you know, living down there that we're not aware of. Oh, I'm creeping out. I'm creeping out. I'm creeping out. Do not like. Do not like. Oh. But remember, when we come back, we'll have Tamara joining us from Shelf Addiction. Yay. Yay. Is she going to come out of the cupboard? She's, she might come out of the cupboard. She's going to come out wearing She's gonna emerge. wearing someone else's Japanese sweater. horror movie yes. style. I love it. What's up, fellow book nerds? It's time to feed your fiction shelf addiction. Hear book club style roundtables, bookish chats, and more. Join Tamara and her friends for fantasy and thriller read alongs and other shenanigans over on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Listen now on your podcatcher of choice. Subscribe for free, and you too can have a shelf addiction. All right, so we're back from our break, and yes. <laughs> Tamara has cl- crawled out from the cupboard. She's, <laughs> she's joined us. <laughs> I have. I broke free somehow. I was able to make my way out of the darkness, and I brought my Diet Coke with me. <laughs> thirsty, but here I am. <laughs> so glad that you're here. Yeah, a little worse for the wear, but I I got out, so we're just, good. Just dust those little spider webs off. You're fine. It's all good. Dust all off good. the bed bugs. Dust yeah. off the oh, bed. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please tell me you left the axe and the hammers down there, though. I'm not, I can't be dealing with people and and their, their tools right now. <sighs> well, no, I have no tools. I have nothing that's dangerous. So we're good. <laughs> just the coke. 
<laughs> Thank goodness. I can't deal with it anymore. It was too much. There was too much noping for us in this, in our summary. Just everything. I nope. I can, I, I'm surprised nope. we didn't do nope count, to be fair. Nope. Oh, nope. no. The nope count. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you guys need shots then if you said it that much. You <laughs> we would both be passed out by now. <laughs> there would be no more podcasts. We... Oh. So That's much. That's a different nope. podcast, that one. <laughs> so much nope. Oh, man. So thanks for joining us. Yes. We're Absolutely. glad that you're I'm... here. Me too. I'm excited. And I'm even wearing the shirt. You got yeah. a shirt. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I'm wearing the podcast shirt. Yes. Yay. It's cute. Super cute. Good. I'm glad you're wearing it. I'm wearing a podcast shirt too. I don't. Bracket, Claire... bracket. Were we recording earlier when I. No. This one that says kill them all. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, after our after our 200th live episode, we played um, Jackbox games. We played TKO with our listeners, and this shirt came from that. Oh, wow, that's I, I cool. I need that shirt in my life. I'm going to have to get it. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, we need to get into this discussion about this book because yikes. Yikes. <laughs> All the yikes. Yeah. I why did you appreciate some of it? Why did you pick this one? Why did you okay. make us read this one? <laughs> so to be honest, I was kind of like, I don't know what to pick. I was all over the place. And then I said, well, I said I was going to read Tiffany D. Jackson. And I heard good things about this book. And after I got, you know, the couple of things that were a requirement, I'm like, oh, this checks the boxes, all the boxes. <laughs> so I went for it. And I love a good horror, although I haven't read a horror story in a long time because there haven't been any that appealed to me. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. This author is popping right now. Everyone's like been about her lately, like the last year. So I'm like, why not? Yeah, Let's risk it. <laughs> Claire and I were talking at the beginning of the episode about how, like, we've, we swear we've recommended this book, like, oh, if you liked this, try this. Oh, read White Smoke, even though we haven't read it yet, which we do that often. But we feel mm -hmm. like we recommended it at least a thousand times. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so we're it's glad. It's definitely been on the radar. And like we, we said earlier, we've wanted to cover it for a while, but it's always been pushed back because of one thing or another, like new releases that have just come out that were we've managed to, to secure a guest with or or something's got in the way and then when you suggested it like yes at last we have the excuse and the reason we need finally. to read it finally finally <laughs> yay i'm glad to provide that yes thank you so much because everyone should know how much i love horror as well is gorgeous it is it, it is. is a beautiful cover i am book cover judgy yeah. yes Mwah, gorgeous yeah and then at the inside, right. the big bag of nope. Oh, <laughs> I loved it. I really enjoyed the book, but I do not like things in walls. It that's is a true. Fact. That's, that's fair. That's, that's one fair. of your. It's one of your greatest fears. It is bed bugs. Whatever. I mean, to be fair, if I pushed back the the, the sheet and found a thousand bed bugs and multiple nests on my mattress, I'm going to freak nope. the hell out. Nope. But things in walls, nope. it is a known fact, and it has been repeated many times on this podcast, no. No. 
Nope. And then okay. I'm over in the corner going, yes. <laughs> uh, it's I'm guaranteed to make me cry. I'm indifferent about the wall. As long as you don't come out the wall, stay in there. It's good. Just don't but come out. But that's the thing. They come out of the walls in creepy Japanese horror movie styles. They emerge like spiders from the cupboard. Oh, man. That was, that was well, my... in that case, I, I get it. <laughs> that was my favorite scene when they're watching the gopro like freaking paranormal activity style and like nothing's going on and they're like ha ha this is like paranormal activity and then the cupboard opens and her hand comes oh out my i God, was like right? yes <laughs> so terrible and i love it i would it, i'm so glad that at that point mari was at your yusuf's house and not actually in the house. Because I think if you were in the house watching that, it would be even worse. Because you're guaranteed to turn around and Miss Sugar or John John's going to be standing behind you when it's like, no, this is how I die. Oh my gosh, that woman might not be alive if that happened to me, honestly. <laughs> I think I would react first and then freak out after. And I'm like, oh lady, I'm sorry. You're, you're down for the count. You can't. Mm-mm. Don't sneak up on me like that. I can't. <laughs> I, other people screaming one I grab steak knife that, that's on the counter and just go for it I, I I love the fact that is your flight or fight response it is kick ass love it thank you <laughs> immediately stab someone yeah I mean I hate running so I'm not gonna you're not gonna chase me so make a very good point yeah <laughs> I'm not very fast. They'd probably catch me, so that's not my my best option. <laughs> I don't know if Miss Sugar and John John are particularly fast runners. No, no, Miss Sugar surprised people. You know how fast she moved that one scene. That's true. Do you think she does yoga as well? Like, because she's very flexible to get in and out of those cupboards so easily. <laughs> she's down there in the basement doing some yoga. You know, sun salutation. Yeah, maybe. You know, I wonder. <laughs> On a bed, bed, a bed bug mattress. No, gross. How did they not like? I feel like she's like, in in my head when I'm imagining this stuff happening, like she's coming out from like underneath the kitchen sink. You know, the doors open up yeah. and she's coming. But like, how did they not realize there's like a giant fucking hole or something in mm-hmm. their cupboard? You know. Yeah, that's exactly. a good question. I can only imagine that the back. Is remove they can remove the back. Oh, yeah, it's, it's on like thing. tiny hidden hinges, and that's part. It's part of the the creaks that happen. Yeah, and then she and then she creaks out herself with her old bones. But wouldn't you be able to tell that the gap's not right as well, though? I don't know, but um, you know, I mean, ha- no. If it's dark, unless there's a light behind there, you wouldn't notice it under. Can you? under your kitchen sink you won't notice i won't notice yeah that's what i was about to say like how closely are you looking under the cabinets right have you checked have you checked for basement i have but that's because some of my kitchen cabinets um i've pushed in the stuff too far and i've just bowed the back a little bit the back's bored so i can see and i've had you know um, stuff fixed in the kitchen and i saw it being built so i know how the, the distance is. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Not people size distance. Now I want to go and check. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go and open up all of my cabinets to make sure. Excuse me one minute. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back. We got to take another break. Excuse me. (laughs) Check the pantry. Oh, man. But it, for me, it was the place was like the downstairs closet. So you know the scene when uh, Mari's upstairs and she hears Sammy's voice calling and she goes <gasps> downstairs, can't find Sammy oh, yeah. anywhere and Sammy's hiding in the closet, absolutely terrified and at this point he knows there is something wrong. He is convinced he is on her side and he's hiding in the downstairs closet but we know the downstairs closet is not safe because they use that as an exit yeah. entrance into the, the main area of the property and they've had the foul smell coming from that closet oh. I'm so glad <laughs> so glad they're like let's just get the hell out like yes thank yeah. you yeah like thank let's you. get out of here he, oh my god okay the smell I think was worse for me than anything else because the way she described the way the author described the smell of that guy and I knew I'm like, okay, there's either dead animals down there or something. And the minute that guy came out, what's his name? John John. John John. John, John. I'm like, oh my God, how long has it been since he's taken a shower? Oh, I don't think like he's ever that. had one in thirty years. Oh my God. It's horrible. No. He must reek to high hell, I'm sorry. No, yeah, he's no, he's bad. Dirty just all like all dirt. All dirt. Ugh. And dirt, body oils, sweat. Don't get me going. It's disgusting. And like fecal <laughs> matter. Yeah, where are they <laughs> going to the bathroom? Do they like sneak into an abandoned house and like use a toilet there? Or are they just shitting all Maybe. over the place well, down in the, the basements and the tunnels? Though. It's probably in a bucket. The toilet, even if they go into a house... It's not going to be connected. It's not going to have running water. Yeah, but you could still poop in a toilet. But the poop's oh, going to... But it would after 30 years, the poop's <laughs> going to come out. <laughs> They're going to have bathtubs full of poop. So much poop. It's not Ew. good. It's, it's but, not. But, you know, they had access to more than one house from their tunnel, so maybe they used one house for pooping. <laughs> And then this another is the poop house. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the poop house. And then you come back and then it's okay here. <laughs> the farthest away house is the poop house. I, I don't know. How else would you suffer? I couldn't have it in my living space. You can't. That's awful. Mm. You don't shit where you eat. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, man. Okay. So... You know, Claire, you were talking about that scene with Sammy and his voice. That was that was my second favorite scene. Okay. After Miss Sugar crawling out of the, you know, under the sink cabinet, because that's where I put her in my head. Sammy's voice, when she, when Mari hears it, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be down in a second. And then she finally goes downstairs and she hears him. And she's like, oh, where are you, Sammy? And then he opens the closet and like yanks her inside. And he's like, hey, that's not me. That's not me. And then you keep hearing it as it walks through the house. Yeah. Like that is creepy as fuck. Yeah. To me, those sounds are the worst thing. Like, like even when you, 
watch a movie, a horror movie, the sounds to me, the sounds gets me more than visually seeing it. So hearing yeah. that, uh, I'd be it's the psychology out. behind it, isn't it? Like it's it's if you see the monster, it takes away some of the scariness. I mean, yes, okay, you know, if Vecna was suddenly to come in front of you, you would freak out because shit, it's Vecna. But to have the creeping and the creaking and the crawling and no things being moved and that's and having that horrible smell that you can't identify, that's mm-hmm. creepier. That's what plays on the mind because that's what's the paranoia. And I think that's what's done really well, especially with Mari. You know, having that uh, she she is she though she is not actively taking drugs, she is still classed like as an addict. Um and part of, you know, the 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 whole thing is, you know, being paranoid and having that dependency on the drugs. It plays so well into that and to her disadvantage that nobody believes her and that's horrible. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I kind of, I don't know how far we want to get into the addict stuff and the marijuana, but that whole thing, and I, I had to keep remembering she's an addict. And yes, when you're an addict, you're not supposed to have anything, including weed. But I kind of was like, okay, I'm kind of tired of hearing about how bad weed is. Um, I just felt like there was this commentary on the background about weed being awful. Mm. Um, in addition to, you know, of course, them using weed to trap and, and prison a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, come on now. Are we really, can you pick something a little harder than weed? I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know. I can't, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please see any conversation we've had with PC cast, especially the last interview when she talked extensively on the positive attributes to marijuana. Um, it, yeah. I it mean, seems... I'm I'm judgment free in that area. I feel like do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's legal. And where I live, mm-hmm. it's legal in a lot of states. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like, for example, the one reaction, I understand because you said his family was taken because of the weed. But at that time, we didn't know that. And his gut reaction to her when he saw her, you know, smoke the weed was like, he was like, you doing that? Uh, uh." I'm like, okay, I can't can't with that. Mm. I don't know. Just something about it just pushed me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah. I get that. I mean, I'm in the UK and it is illegal in the UK. It is not a recreational or a medicinal drug that's given out at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the unwritten rule that if you want to go and get high, you go to Amsterdam. But mm. people do do it. I can walk down the city centre and I did the other week and there was a very distinctive smell that I heard on the way to the cinema. I, had, mm-hmm. I, felt, I, I smelled on the way to the cinema. And you know, it happens, but you shrug it off because you think, well, it's like if you're gonna do something that's illegal in the UK and it's gonna be drug related, it's probably the best one you can do. Oh, you know, it's. it's I've seen other people take harder substances and it freaks the crap out of me, mm-hmm. and it's not cool. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt like the reaction. Like you say, with Yusuf, was extreme. Yeah, yeah it but, was hard. I'm like, wow. Like she was sitting there snorting crack or something. I mean, it was that was his reaction. And I'm like, oh. I mean, she wasn't cutting lines. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
So I don't know, but I get it, right? So that was the plot device that she wanted to use to imprison all the people, mm. but I just wish it were something else. Yeah. I thought the weed, like, I thought it was too much. Like, she's so obsessed with weed, and she's so obsessed with bed bugs. Like, she needs to see a therapist because she is clearly suffering from some sort of obsessive-compulsive disorder here. Mm. Yeah. And nobody does anything about it? But it... Well, she no. was. It mentioned at the beginning when they're traveling in the car that she's been seeing a therapist, but obviously they've got nothing set up now that they've moved into Cedarville. They've got yeah. no, no therapist set up. But I feel, like, like, I feel like the therapy that she's getting for that is like... She's in like rehab because of because of her drug addiction which also really bothered me because there's this whole setup and you think oh she's hurt her leg in in track and she's taking percocet so you think oh she got addicted to percocet and that's what that's what she od'd on Mm -mm. but no she od'd on fucking weed laced with fentanyl like is that even a thing that happens come on you had percocet right there (laughs) yeah i don't know why you would take well i well i think didn't she say something about being given a medicine? Like she was on a script, but it made her feel bad. So that's why she went to the weed instead of the Percocet. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. You're so right. she was kind of trying to self-medicate with weed. And when she took the weed from her boyfriend, who she trusted, and it was a surprise laced with something. Mm. And that guy, he's just running track in high school. He's trash. Not even in trouble at all. Mm-mm. <sighs> I found it difficult and I don't know I mean I've got no frame of reference so if I'm wrong I'm wrong and I will be gladly corrected but I got annoyed by Mari constantly complaining about people not trusting her like um, her mom not giving her money to get some lunch money at school like get some food at school and like the implications that her mom Raquel was you know, looking, she knew about the cut of the pea cups and the bedside drawer, and she had been to a couple of times. But it felt like she was complaining so much about her uh, uh, mom and Alec having mm-hmm. no trust in her. But at the same time, she's complaining about it. She's tying on her running shoes and about to run to the secret garden and check on her weed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. really frustrating. I don't know if I'm if that's because of like her addiction that's caused that like oxymoron not to take. I no, feel like it's teenager. That's teenager because... Just teenager. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, you're so mean to me. Why, why? That is 100% teenager. <laughs> like, don't even think about your role in anything. It's poor me. Mm. She is a very selfish person. That's pointed so, out by yes. Yusuf and Tamara as well. And I am so glad. One of my favorite things was the fact that her friends turned around and said, you're a selfish bitch. You need to sort yourself out and stop being so cruel to Piper. But dude, Piper was the worst. You know, toward the end, I was like, okay, so before it was revealed, there were real people and it was just ghosts. I'm like, admit you did it, you little brat. Just admit that you did it or admit that you don't remember doing it. Because at first I was buying into the maybe she's possessed or maybe... She's got control of her. At first, I was buying it. So I was actually physically getting irate. I'm like, Piper, admit what you did. Admit what you did. <laughs> you just want to grab her by her hair and drag her into the kitchen. Yes. And you're like, why are you doing yeah. this? 
Yes. And I was like, oh, she didn't do it. <laughs> she was still an accomplice, though. She yeah. was. She was very much an accomplice. She 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 let Miss Sugar and John John freely roam that house. She probably stole some of that stuff for them. I mean, they will have stolen a lot of it, but she she was a part of it. Yeah, and all because her step siblings don't aren't like bothered for her. Yeah, I mean, she let him get. Um, he almost died. He could have died because of her, Sammy. Yeah. With the peanut allergy, I couldn't believe yeah. she let that happen. That's why. That's what the part when I really got enraged. I'm like, how could you do that to someone? Yeah, no, I completely, hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, I hated that part. I mean, to be at the same time, I can understand that she's ten. I have to remind myself that Piper's only ten, and that she's she probably needs therapy herself from finding her grandma dead, and the grandma she had a massively close relationship with so when miss sugar comes along and is going to basically take that be that role for her be that person for her which she desperately is i can understand and appreciate and the fact that sammy and mari just aren't bothered by her but also the fact that her father and raquel's relationship is very fast you know, they've only just had their one-year anniversary and they seem to move in together very quickly. That It's a lot of change. It's a lot of upheaval. And she's by herself. Mari and Sammy have each other and she's by herself and she's the youngest. Yeah, and I can but kind of understand on. that she's... You have... She, there's no she, excuse in her part in pretty much killing trying to kill Sammy there's there's no excuse in that there's no excuse in not telling your parents that there are people living in the basement you know the, she she's she's still culpable but i can sympathize and this is what i said in the summary i can sympathize why she's doing it but sympathy does not mean that i'm not holding her guilty mm-hmm. she's a shitty little 10 year old that needs to have her hair pulled <laughs> I agree. She she's been pushed to. out of a goddamn helicopter. She needs to be. I mean, helicopter. she's pretty bad. I mean, from day one, she knew Miss Sugar was a real person, and she could have told, even if she didn't know about, you know, John at that time. She could have told, but she didn't. Especially yes. when Sammy and Mari are like, "The house is haunted! Holy fuck, the house is haunted!" She could be like, "Yeah, there's a lady in the basement." Yeah, no. Instead, she's smirking. You know, the author keeps saying, like, she has this look on her yes. face. Like, you know, like that I I know something you don't ugh. know kind of look. Or, you know, ugh. I'm like, little girl, no. you look guilty. You look guilty. Ugh. So, yeah, she's a mess. What if, what, what, but what if Piper had gone? Alec and her, her dad and Raquel wouldn't have believed her. Because they don't believe but anybody. No, that no, no. You cannot tell me that Piper wouldn't have said, Daddy, there's someone in the basement. And Alec would have been like, he would have just ripped off his shirt and gone downstairs like as a hero to find out if there was something mm-hmm. in the basement. Daddy, there's someone in To be fair, at one point, Piper did say she heard footsteps that night early on before we establish what's going on. She does say at one point she did hear you. Well, yeah, but then, but around. at that point, it was it was Mari on all the drugs that she's on all the time. 
That's what Alec thought anyway. And then the dismissed it as an imaginary uh, friend. Yeah. 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 That whole family is a mess, honestly. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the way the mother was, I couldn't handle the Erica and what was his name? What's the guy's name? Yusuf. No, um, her husband's Alec. name. Is it, who is the mother? Uh, Raquel. Alec. Raquel, Raquel and Alec. Is the Raquel, okay, Raquel and Alec. And I Alec couldn't, is the stepdad. I couldn't believe them. I couldn't even believe them as a couple. He seemed like a D-bag to them <laughs> from day one. He's not yes. anybody. I mean, he's not a prize. He sounds awful. Like, even when he brings the mom the flowers or whatever he brought her, I'm like, this is lame. Who believes this relationship? <laughs> and then you let this guy talk to your daughter any kind of way. And anytime Piper whines, he is right there coddling Oof. her. What kind of mess is that? How about you take care of your child? I'll take care of my child. And let's not mix them uh, together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when there's like, oh, let's go find out with your room. Let's go to the groceries mm-hmm. and get your Ugh. groceries. Mm-hmm. Let's do this for Ugh. you. And Mari's like, he just doesn't even bother anymore. He doesn't even try. You know, mm-hmm. it's still early in the relationship. You should still be the adult and try. Try, yes. Well, there was the one time when Mari was dragging Piper through the house by her hair that... <laughs> deserved, deserved it. it. But, and and Alec, like, it was, is almost like, if you don't let go of her, I'm gonna... And Raquel's like, you're gonna what? Right. You're not going to put your she hands on my up. child. So that was at least good. She at least stood up for somebody for half a second. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It, it's it's an unfortunate situation of another YA parents who just... Can we just can we just have the dad a bit can we just have the dad move back from Japan and let's go and live with him? Because he's clearly the best grown up in this entire situation. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, she, Mari did, does say that the dad didn't wasn't bothered for having the whole wife and kids thing. It, it was a limiting situation for mm. him. So it was fairly amicable divorce. But he still got an emergency flight home when his boy was in the hospital. He still got an emergency flight home. And I honestly think he'd probably give them a lot of trust. He'd be like, mm. right, I'm going to go to New York for three weeks' work. Are you going to be all right? And he'd probably call them every day to make sure they're fine. He'd probably make sure they had food in the fridge, have food deliveries. I can imagine him being a really good, like, distance parent. Like, he'd be able to cope really well not actually being in the house and giving them that yeah. trust. And actually, I think that would probably be really good for Mari because it would give her a lot of self-confidence if she was just there, her and Sammy and Buddy. Don't forget about Buddy. Buddy. Buddy's amazing. He's, he's my favourite. You know, just living the lives. She's yeah. running track. Sammy's doing, you know, his video games. It's all good. Eating his oatmeal because he loves his oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I agree. She probably would have thrived in that type of situation. And speaking of which, I'm not even sure if she actually, I guess it's up to us to imagine what we want. Did she end up staying or did she go? I think. Get the hell out of Dodge. I think she still left. Do you think she still I left? Hope she did. I think all of them. But yeah, left. they better have all left. I mean, fuck, they're burning their neighborhood down. Get out of there. Yeah. Don't, we don't actually even know if their house survived. Right. But I guess the question that made me question if she stayed or went is because, you know, Piper says to her something about, you know, what John's favorite sandwich is. We should give him sandwiches. So I'm like, does she do they stay around? 
and help him? Do they? I kind of assume that John John burnt up in the tunnel somewhere. Miss Sugar is going to be put into a hospital or a nursing home. Surely she's in some she sort can't... of facility. She's in, she's in some sort of facility. Um, there's no way that the, 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 the Sterling Foundation are not going to survive having people locked in a basement for 30 years mm-hmm. and renovating around them. And it's going to come out that they incited the situation in order for it to be to, to for them to burn down Cedarville, to get the people to do the work for them. There's gonna be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. The prisons are gonna empty as well, with the laws changing with marijuana being legalized in the state as well. So that's gonna start they are gonna start emptying. And the people are gonna start coming back to Cedarville. But the Anderson Green family, I think they're gonna to have to go. I feel mm-hmm. like the whole neighborhood's going to be gone now because they were going house by house setting them on fire so i Mm -hmm. think you know they've that was their whole plan all along was to burn down the neighborhood so they could you know raise it and start Start something new Yeah, start again so that's also why they let everyone out of prison because you don't want prisons next to your beautiful office park so you got to let everyone out of prison and then you tear down the prisons too and now there's nobody and they don't have anywhere to go so you got to get out of here that's how you get a homeless <laughs> yes and you know, then it's area. just all homeless because they can't afford the new no. homes and stuff that you've no. built but they won't want that community there mm-hmm. either because mm. but see but see I now know. now we know that the sterling foundation is responsible for all this and people are suing them all over the place so i feel like they're gonna have to give away all of their money and these people are going to build new houses and they're going to be happy living somewhere far away oh i love that happily ever after you create it i'm honestly surprised one house well except one house is haunted by a hag who paralyzes you Uh when you sleep and then steals your skin but it's not miss sugar no it's an actual hag it's an actual it's an actual ghost in book two (laughs) I did read that there isn't going to be a sequel, that this is a standalone yeah. book. Well, good. And I, it's I, 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 I like enough. it. <laughs> Finally, you know, we like yeah. that. But I do think we do have a lot of questions still. But I like an open-ended book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. No epilogue no. for you? No No. one year later? No, I don't need that. This is what everything looks like? No, okay. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was established pretty well that um, Mari, at least, is not going to let the Sterling Foundation get away with it. Especially the fact that they they stimulated Miss Sugar and John John in trying to get rid of the family, and Miss Sugar is the one responsible, or John John's the one responsible for nearly killing Sammy. You you, you do not go for her people. You do not go after. Her her family, I think she's she'll be a rabid Wolverine yeah. with yeah. the Sterling Foundation yeah. like that, because Sammy's the one person she's utterly protective of. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to save Sammy at all costs, and Buddy. Yeah, they're my favorites. Oh, I felt bad, but I felt bad for Buddy at one point. I'm like, did something happen to the dog? Oh, I'm like, can the I, 
I'm like, please let the dog make it to the end of the book. <laughs> that would be great. I would have raged if anything had happened with Buddy because it would have felt yeah. like too much like a, a like shoehorned plot device if something had happened to Buddy. Yeah, especially when she was getting all of those texts and the, I mean, the alarms were going off, not texts, the alarms kept going off, which was also a fantastic scene where her phone just keeps going off, 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 off. And then one of the alarms is... <laughs> where's buddy like no you do not hurt that precious <laughs> dog but now he's fine yeah don't mess with no, my dog but he's fine. yeah he's good just they're just messing with her i like the bits where like she's on the phone with tamara like facetime with and you see the door closing behind you just, and she's trying to reason the fact that oh the, the apparently the, the doors in this house do that it's not that's no, not what doors not right. do well no. then there's a figure that just passes by or the 20 plus missed calls and she's like i took a picture and you can't make out this long-haired figure and it's like is is that piper or is it who who is that no i don't like that didn't like those i like them that's what but it's it's, yeah. it's a door it's the stuff you can put in the notebook yeah. in as well <laughs> oh i liked all of the um like paranormal stuff before it was revealed, you know, okay, it's not so paranormal, but I liked all of that stuff. I'm like, bring it on, bring me haunts. You know, I want it to be like um, the haunting of Hill House almost, but it it didn't get that hot, you know, it didn't get that hot, but yeah, I wanted it, bring it. I'm like, try to scare me. Unfortunately, I wasn't <laughs> scared at all. But this thing's in the walls. Now, do you, I, I've read this a couple of times now. And I kind of still half wish it was paranormal, that it wasn't corporate greed. And I, I mean, don't get us wrong, I do kind of appreciate the fact, the fact that there's people living yeah. in the basement. How they've lived in the basement for 30 years, do not understand that one. But okay, I'll go with it. But it's, it's scary people living in the basement trying to reclaim the house. I can go with that. But at the same time, you know I love a good haunting. Mm. You know I love anything ghosty and it turned out that piper wasn't possessed she was just de desperately needing her grandma's apple pie yeah and it was corporate greed yeah, at the end of the day I, I don't but you know doesn't she write like with that social commentary and like all her books in the background yeah. like it's kind of there um yeah so she had to work it in yeah, some it way it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a Tiffany D. Jackson book if there wasn't, you know, some sort of gentrification or something happening in the background, which, yeah, is Well, which is real. real. Let me tell you, you guys, I don't know if you know. I Well, one of the things I really loved about this book, believe it or not, were the references to Detroit and, like, some of the things I felt like were around the city. Because I'm in southeast Michigan, so the metro Detroit area, and a lot of my family is in Detroit, and I've seen the degradation of Detroit mm -hmm. over the years. But the downtown area is thriving, thriving. It used to be all black people. <laughs> it's okay down here. Oh, we got the riverfront looking fabulous. All these new fancy-dancy restaurants and a bunch of white people with a million-dollar high-rise apartments <laughs> or, you know, lofts. So... Mm -hmm gentrification it was a mm. it, it, it's mm. happening like it's like <laughs> a wave it's 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 very interesting to see it up close and personal like wow when you go downtown detroit now it's like this is a different world down here and then you go past a certain point you're like oh this is still detroit <laughs> the downtown area is popping and in certain areas 
not all of Detroit, certain mm-hmm. areas, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're in a mm-hmm. city, like mm-hmm. any other city with, you know, but I liked the Coney's, the chili <laughs> cheese fries. That's a thing in Michigan. Chili Don't come here fries. and not eat chili cheese fries in a Coney You dog. can't be a vegetarian. You have to eat the Coney's. I guess you could eat the fake, well, the fake version, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not going to be right. It's not right. C- can you please explain what a corny is to me? Okay, so the a British Coney... person who doesn't know what one is. <laughs> okay, so it's basically a well. The good places have kosher beef hot dogs in a like either grilled or soft bun, depending on the place, and then you put on their um, chili, onions, and mustard. Mm. Huh. So good. It's Damn. good. And then one place out here, they grill the bread. So it's so amazing. (laughs) I I really loved when Erica was complaining, like, why are you not eating hot dogs? And she's got like six hot dogs and chili dogs and a hundred hamburgers. And she's like, why are you not eating any of this? You're eating those sad desert french fries that don't have anything on them. I know. Who does she that? Could, she could have what? at least gotten like <laughs> Wrong cheese or something on her fries. Wrong Come people. on. I'm sorry. Sorry, Any Annie. Six... We realize you're a vegetarian, but in this instance, but... it sounds like you're wrong. Right? Yeah, that's, you're that's wrong. That's for listener Annie. <laughs> wrong. I just, I mean, you got to, well, I guess there's vegetarian options, but if you're a meat eater, you have to do that when you come to Metro Detroit. And you area. know, now probably they have like impossible meat chili. So, they do everywhere, but it's yeah. not the same. It's imposter. It's not. It's not imposter impossible. Show. It's imposter. <laughs> yes. Man, now I want to eat a chili dog. I it, this is ten to one in the morning. I shouldn't be craving chili cheese fries and chili dead corn dog, dead hot dogs. Mm, so good. So good. Damn. I'll take a picture of some next time I get it and send it to you guys. Yes, please. You need to do that. <laughs> this is why Yusuf was correct and said that you should be, you know, rebuilding the legacy and not just knocking it down. Some change yeah. is not always yeah. Don't tear down the library, yeah. guys. No. Come on. The library. I'm offended. I know. How dare what is wrong you? with you? And the library's out there with their little cute garden club trying to make everything pretty. Like, you let them stay. Yeah, they're trying. I imagine Aww. it's the library like yours where that just loans everything oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. out. I did I did get my feathers ruffled about that. Like, no, you can't use our tools unless you're a part of the club. Like, nope, not at my library. Come and borrow my hoe. <laughs> <laughs> you come on. I'll give you a rake and a shovel. I'll give you all the tools you need. You don't have to join the club. Uh, I want to borrow your hole now. <laughs> so you find out they're planting weed oh, in the damn. backyard with it. Oh, or in the basement. wait a minute. <laughs> I have to ask you two. What are the seeds that the creepy reverend is pushing? John. Right, we, we didn't include a lot of it into the summary because it just kept happening all the time. That that the preacher Steve Clark was just voicing over and pushing these seeds that everybody is buying. I honestly thought it was weed. Really? I feel yeah. like 
because it needs very specific heat, very specific circumstances for it to be able to germinate properly. And if you don't do it properly, you know, you're just planting them in the front, in your front garden. They're not gonna, it's not gonna work. That's a good well. idea. You need mm-hmm. to give it the heat source. So I honestly thought idea. he was peddling um, cannabis seeds. That's a good idea. Um, so then people were planting them and if they did manage then to they got them, arrested. well guess where you're going <laughs> the clink oh my gosh that was my theory wow especially because his entire family are embroiled in the Sterling yep. Foundation and then that was my thought that's a yeah, long game and, and, <laughs> that's a long oh, yeah. game well, well you've kept that's people right. in the basement that's for right. 30 years you are yes. in the long game <laughs> yeah um, I was gonna say it's either that because then you know it turns out at the end that it's legal now so they're going to change the laws and so it's going to be legal and then they're going to let everyone out of prison Mm. so they can you know raise the town but i feel like if it wasn't that then it was something that wasn't a plant at all that was destroying all of the property so nothing would ever grow there again and then they'd have to Mm. burn the houses down and build something new because nothing will ever grow there. They're like salting the soil or something. Hmm. See, I kind of just thought it was metaphorical. Like, you know how people sell stuff that's really junk. You know, it doesn't really do anything. And it's like, sow your seeds, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think like, and then because people would suddenly get rich or do all these things, you know, sometimes if they could get mm-hmm. them to grow. But it's psychological. It's a game. That's what I thought. And I'm like, maybe the author was trying to use that to speak to the town, you know, sow your seeds and maybe something good can happen kind of thing. That's why everyone was watching Mm it. I don't know. I like that we had three separate. Pop Pop tried to grow them, but he couldn't though. Yeah. Hmm? Pop Pop tried to. When he's a gardener, he couldn't grow them. He couldn't do it. Yeah. That's why I'm like, they can't be viable or something. Maybe they're overbaked. I don't know. Something. I well, I was going along the lines of the seeds, but obviously different, slightly different. Why didn't Miss Sugar destroy the secret garden if she's so against the drug? Why didn't she's she's accessing the, the secret I garden? I feel like it's because why didn't she destroy it? I feel like it's because she's an old old lady and she didn't want to climb up the stairs. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, send your son, send John John in to do it. Because he's been messing around with the furniture in there and piling those things up. I mean, how much is that going to break Mari? She's she's at the point where she could harvest soon. They seem to grow very quickly, but I don't know anything about plants, never mind drug plants. And she's at this point where she, she knows she's going to be able to harvest you would be like, ah, you've got that little glimmer of hope. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Break her. Break her. I, I feel like know. a missed opportunity. I don't know. It just made no sense to me. I don't know. I just... Yeah, why didn't she? It makes sense that she would just destroy it since she hated it so much. Yeah, I don't get it. It doesn't really... Plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> it, it speaks... Like, line, lines of things that didn't quite gel um i don't know if it's because i listened to the audiobook at double speed might be that but i'm not gonna blame it because audiobooks are great um sometimes i got confused over timelines like all of a sudden mari's at yusuf's house and then next thing it's in the middle of a dream and 
I'm saying of my blame use on double speed of listening to the audiobooks because it just seemed to blend into one sentence yeah. or yeah. one paragraph. Like I couldn't get that grasp of time and place quite so easily. Um and it was at one it felt like at one point we're in the kitchen and then we're in a dream and yes. then we're at school and then we're back at home and it just seemed to be quick, 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 quick that I couldn't quite get the grasp of what was going on quickly as quick as the, the, the yeah. narration was going. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, what did I listen? I think I listened at 1.5 for some of it. Well, I started at 1.8 and then I dropped it to 1.5 after that happened to me a couple of times, Claire. So after I was like, wait, did, did we change scenes? So I ended up going back 15 seconds and I listened harder. I'm like, oh, so this is a new scene. So after yeah. that happened a couple of times, I slowed it down and I'm like, well, maybe this will help me determine when the break is and i still had some problem with it but i did slow it down because of that i had to backtrack like i listened to it the first time a few weeks ago and then when i wrote the summary for it i was backtracking a lot mm-hmm. because that kept happening and i was like where am i what is it just a meanwhile or later yeah. or next day and it was a little difficult to kind of get that concept of time. So I'm glad that you said that and it wasn't just me. I feel like, you know, this <laughs> book, it was it was pretty long, but there were only like 20-something chapters. I feel like there probably should have been more chapters. You know, instead of doing a break in the middle, like actually have a chapter break because if you did that, well, then it's fine that you wake up in the middle of, you know, a a dream or you're yeah. in school all of a sudden or whatever but yeah i agree a simple chapter break because they would mm-hmm. then the narrator would say chapter eight yeah and then oh, oh we're in the middle there we of go. something else and that's totally fine yeah right yeah because mm-hmm. thematically it could that would yeah. work very well mm-hmm. cool. hmm well <laughs> <laughs> let's learn for next time ma'am don't take my don't take our advice, though. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not published, but I do agree. <laughs> Just yeah. readers. Yes. Who look at things in a minute You know, detail. it could have also been, because we all listened to it, it could have been, you know, maybe we need to have a little bit longer of a break in between those sections. And as mm-hmm. an audiobook narrator, yeah, you got to pay attention to that. You got to pay attention to how long your breaks mm-hmm. are because that's what people are listening to. They're listening for your cues. Yeah. Or maybe it's editing. Could be editing. editing maybe they took it out. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hard to tell. I'm glad that we're getting like so nitpicky. <laughs> <laughs> well, that pause was only three I seconds. It should have been longer. <laughs> It's not nitpicky when you're confused enough that you That's have to true. keep backtracking. That's true. And it's, if it if it was once or twice, fine. I wouldn't have said anything, but it happened multiple times. And I was getting to the stage where I was listening to the same scene over and over again, going, I'm actually kind of getting bored of the scene now and the creepiness is being lost. Because, is she dreaming? Yes, she's dreaming. Right, this is a dream. We're fine. We're clear. We understand where where it is. And yeah, yeah, fine. If I read the book, I might not have experienced that. But if, in my opinion, as humble as it is, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, if I'm listening to an audio book, I should still be able to pick those those cues. Yeah. 
I agree. And honestly, it really adds to the time when you have to keep going back. And that makes it less enjoyable because you have mm-hmm. to keep doing that. Yes. yes. So, mm, yeah. Did you guys like the narrator's voice? No. I um I mean I liked her I liked her voice. Her voice was fine. I didn't like her sound effects. She didn't she did not do a okay. good job with the sound effects. There was Yeah, I'm I like Oh yeah. That's fine. We've listened to some you know, it's I think it's because we're spoiled by the Don Kurtigich books mm-hmm. with the creaking and all of that because those were fantastic. But this one, I don't know. There was like when John John was swinging the axe at the end, and she was like, <laughs> "Like, mm, I don't like that." Oh yeah, I don't like that. I'm not into that. You know why couldn't they just? And I know, I know. There's a a line between like um, the audio where it has like sound, genuine sound effects instead of the narrator saying mm-hmm. the sound effects. Uh, would it? kill them to throw in some sound effects i mean it might have made it more yeah. scary instead of the narrator yeah. doing it no i think i think yeah you, you're both right we're spoiled because we're spoiled of because of some really top-notch at least green directed audiobook is yeah if she'd done this i think it would have been one like really really yeah. scary book because she would have included the sound effects and she, would she would have, have added music in it would have creaks. been it would have been good stuff there mm-hmm. would have been a lot of atmosphere to it um i didn't mind the the narrator like generally i've heard better i've heard mm-hmm. worse mm-hmm. um she was fine you know yeah um, but yeah there were like those elements that you both mentioned definitely could have used a little bit of a and the breaks. The breaks yeah. <laughs> but that might not the be the narrator's fault. Um, those cues. No, no, no. Um, the, we'll just say audio production could have used a little bit of a yeah. scrub in that, that regard. It's the same with having the creak. You yeah. know, as a narrator, you're going to say a creak, but they could have edited it out and put in the sound effects. Yes. You know? Or they could have so... manipulated the narrator going creak. They could have made it like they could have stretched it out. They could have slowed it down. They could have added like reverb. They could have done so many things to make it just a little bit scarier. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Mm. Yeah. It needed it. It needed to be kicked up a notch because I was not scared at all. Not even a little bit. And I wanted to be. Yeah. I wanted to be. It has the a good potential. It I think really it would be a fantastic potential. movie. I would oh, love God, to yes. watch it. Oh yes, I would love to watch it. I hope mm-hmm. it's being optioned and someone's bought it. I hope like freaking Jordan Peele has bought the rights to this book and he's gonna make it because that would be oh my God. fantastic. He would kill it. He would change some. He would change <laughs> yeah. some stuff though. I know. I was I'd see I'd just been to see Nope while oh, I was, was busy so writing the good. summary for this as well. So I am totally, totally over that because that movie is phenomenal. That guy is, you know, yes, mwah, chef's kiss, yes. And all the time they kept the, the I can't remember the character's name. OJ. And he was going, Nope. I was like, Yes. Nope. Sensible man. Give yep. that man a gold star. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, This is what the book is I'm reading at the moment. Look away. Nope. Which is, you know, you know when yeah. Mari wakes up 
and she sees John John at the end of the bed and she's like, it's a demon at the end of my bed, muttering, holding her her, yeah. her, her, her sheet and she just kind of gets out of bed and she walks away and doesn't make eye contact and she's like, nope, nope, yep, nope. Actually, That's I was saying that during that trailer, by the way. We're watching the trailer and I'm like, oh, nope, mm-mm, 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 nope. no. <laughs> I found myself saying, I yes. said nope, like, 10 seconds before he did in the movie and I was like oh my god it actually happened it was the first time that he that he said it yes. I was like, oh wow it's real but I did it like yeah. not not on purpose like it was just me actually reacting to that movie going nope mm-mm. which is why it's perfect I love it where the title gets into the, yeah. the narrative somehow yeah. it's perfect yeah hmm <laughs> okay I- have we established our I mean, characters, I, by the way? I think that's we said Sammy yeah, and Buddy. Anybody else? Yeah, I like Sammy the best. Yeah. He's so cute. And he defends yes. his sister. And he's smart. He's a good kid. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And of course, you can't be mad at the dog. So yes, throw <laughs> Buddy in there too. <laughs> and, you know, they're both the heroes of the story. Let's face it. Because Buddy bites off John John's fingers. He's always growling whenever they're sneaking by. Like, Buddy's a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Sammy with his GoPros. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah, but Sammy with his GoPros and his third <laughs> hidden one was perfect. He's Without so that, they just seem like they're crazy again. Yeah. It's just Mari on all the drugs. Yeah. Poor Mari. Mm. Yeah, every time she pees in the cup, yeah, it's negative. When does she get any trust off her mum? Her mum should be starting to trying to give her some trust. Because it's not as if she's, you know, being given an inch and taking a mile. Yeah. Um, Secret, Secret Garden, garden side, and the she, fact she that she smoked some weed at a party to the side. Right. <laughs> Drug use aside, yeah. she's not using drugs anymore. <laughs> single instance but to be fair to her coffee isn't a drug oh come on it's a legal drug and she drinks a lot of coffee (laughs) at two o'clock in the morning even i don't do that if your house was haunted you would (laughs) she needs a stimulant let me stay awake let me stay awake (laughs) see do you know what coffee has the opposite effect on me i'll fall asleep with holding a cup of coffee so Mm. Maybe I should start partaking at 2 o'clock in the morning. So, random question for you guys. Did you guys recognize the song that Yusuf was playing when... Oh, never. I don't know music. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, that song, I'm about to date myself, but that song was popular Mm, in mm -hmm. the 90s. And I remember... Because the song, as soon as he said the song and he said it was Crucial Conflict, I started singing the song in my head. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's what it goes. And it's like, you should look, pull it up on Spotify or someplace. Look for that song. You're going to be singing that stupid song. Hey, in the middle of the barn, you're going to be singing that. I'm telling you. And I'm like, what is he listening to this old 90s track? I don't understand. You're too young it's, to even know what that song is. And by the way, hate is about weed. So you hate weed, but you up here playing a song, loving a song, yeah. talking about weed. But, you know, it's his so. dad's records. And his dad is, you know, was yeah. probably really 
thriving in the early 90s. So. His dad was probably. Yeah, probably. (laughs) You're not going to get me to admit how old I am. It's not going to happen. I'm like, I don't know what ages you guys are, but probably. Well, now I need to know. It's my birthday on Sunday and it's a big one. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. So I'm not, uh, you know, I was a teenager in the 90s. My album of choice is Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Oh, then we probably are the same age. I I imagine we are contemporaries. Mm -hmm. But yeah. (laughs) I love the 90s. The late 90s especially. But... My friend is just only ever listens to nineties music. However, he is a bit of a stereotype, so it's all Spice Girls and Sugar Babes and boy bands and mainly girl bands, and he is a bit of a stereotype. Oh, guess he's got that going for him. That's great. (laughs) That's great. To be fair, though, the the playlist at his wedding was absolutely amazing. Was it? That's awesome. It was, and That's he fine. did. He, he did have um, Tina Turner's "Proud Mary," and every time I hear that song now, I I, I just I, I just remember dancing in his wedding. Yes, that's a good choice. Good song choice. I'm like I'm like down for that. <laughs> I need to look up that song on Spotify though, because I am. It is a known look fact. it up and play I, it. <laughs> it is a known fact that I I have absolute yeah. no music knowledge at all. I'm bringing up my Spotify so right now so I done. can put it in my search yeah. history. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully it's on there. It's pretty old. You never know because that was like a one hit wonder, I think. I don't even think they had. Well, I know they had a full album, but I never listened to it. I just listened to the song that was on the radio by them. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It's All that. Right, okay. Yep. They are listed as an art, a Spotify certified artist as well. Oh, okay. God, they've got loads. I don't. Here has had five thousand six hundred thirty-two, sorry, five million six hundred thirty-two thousand two hundred two listens. It's a pop. It was a pop. Well, it was a popular song amongst the older teens in urban areas. <laughs> they get over eighty thousand listens a month. Really. Wow. wow. So still yeah. relevant. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I was singing go. that song like it was yesterday. I don't remember the rap words, but I remember that chorus though. Now, see <laughs> so. like when I was younger, you know, I have a sister who's older than me by quite a bit. So I was listening to all the stuff that she was listening to, you know, in the eighties. So like you give me some Sir Mix a lot and I'm gonna sing every single song, every single word because that's what I listened to growing up. So when mm. I was when I was in oh, cool. what grade? Like ninth grade, I decided that I wanted to be <laughs> the first professional successful white female rapper. It did not happen. <laughs> Yet you have, I, had, I have a had a rap off with author it's extraordinaire Jackson Ford. Wait, literally of a song? Like a rapping we, a song? Or? It's on an episode. It was Outcast. We uh, we rapped Bombs Over Baghdad together. Oh, wow. It was good stuff. Okay. It was good stuff. That's fun. Okay. 
It's one of my favorite things that ever happened on the podcast, whilst also being very, very embarrassing. It's and it's hugely relevant to you know literature. Hey, that was part of his book, okay? It was, and it was the challenge laid down after that was the second time we talked. And that was the challenge laid down. No, I thought that happened. The, no, that happened the first time. That happened in the first episode. Yeah. Did it? I thought you no. started Outcast and then decided nope. to bomb. No, nope. that happened in the first episode, like the first twenty minutes of our conversation. Because I asked him, like, "What's your Damn. favorite Outcast song?" Because you mention it in the book so many times, and then it was "Bombs Over Baghdad," and then we both just went into it. <laughs> Wow. And I sat there like, completely confused this? thinking about I don't, I don't know these words. I don't know this. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> First professional successful white female ever. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Can we play Would You Rather now, please? This is <laughs> Yes, sure. please. It's too much. <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> We asked on social media, would you rather live in a house you think is infested with bed bugs or a house that you think is haunted? Facebook and Instagram, 100% haunted. Twitter, 93% haunted. And TikTok, 80% haunted. Now, nobody who voted for bed bugs left a comment. They're ashamed. Because I don't They're ashamed of the bed bugs. Shame. Yes. <laughs> as so they should be exactly we have loads of comments so we'll we don't have to read, read all of them because there's a lot we we will read our our fan favorites coral on facebook said i can deal with ghosts but bedbugs nope nope <laughs> brie on facebook said nope. ghosts you can exercise and still keep your stuff bedbugs nope burn it all mm-hmm. <laughs> annie on facebook ghosts float around and mist is hygienic <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? That doesn't even make sense. Okay, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. I like that PC Cast on Twitter said that a ghost is easier to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Kelly DeVos, author extraordinaire as well, on Twitter said, "So much haunted, unless the place <laughs> is haunted with ghost bed bugs." Oh Lord, double whammy. Oh. Man, we had a lot of authors comment on this one. Um, Sparks Lily Rose on Instagram. Lily Sparks, author of Teen Killers Club. um, Also, once haunted, 100%. So many authors. Hmm. Can can we give my favorite library comment? Yes. That you got from your colleagues. Haunted. Ghosts are fun (laughs) and sexy. Bedbugs are not. So I need this person's ghost lit wreck because I'm I guarantee you she yeah, downloads she, stuff from she's the gonna internet. have something good. Some sexy ghosts. She's gonna have some self pub oh, yeah. stuff oh, on yeah. her Kindle. I mean, I wanna know what's a sexy ghost. Give me some examples. Give me we an need, idea of what to do. We to need to find, where to find that. We need to know this I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I need the URL and I need it. All right. So yes. I mean, are we are we unanimously? going haunted i'm haunted house yes give me yeah. the haunted house any day you you know it is drop of a i will go to the haunted house i will take my uh, i will get an 
an EKG and I will do some EVP. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> and then I will prove if it's haunted or if it's your little stepsister yes. being shit. And then we'll yeah. push her down the stairs because she I will deserves evidence. <laughs> push her down the stairs and whack her with the broom. Okay, I'll watch oh, and won't tell cool. about that. I won't tell cool. anybody thanks. and I'll just watch. If you can hold it with courts, that will be perfect. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Next question. <laughs> Would you rather think there's a ghost in your bedroom, in your basement, or in your kitchen? I don't have a basement, so can I No, a that's cheating. You don't have a basement, so then you wouldn't have a ghost. Oh, I say kitchen. You like the kitchen? Why do you like a kitchen ghost? Yeah, because because if i do cook i'd have protection and if i don't want to be in there that's an excuse not to cook because <laughs> Sorry, the ghost is in i can't there. cook dinner tonight there's a ghost in there like <laughs> yeah there's a ghost in there <laughs> would you, you should try it tomorrow night when it's dinner you time. should try it <laughs> it's a ghost <laughs> we gotta Sorry. go out Sorry. <laughs> take out tonight so we have to get delivery there's a ghost in the kitchen Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yes i'm not having a ghost in the bedroom yeah. they're, they're just pervy they're watching yeah. you get changed sleep i have an ensuite they're watching me pee because i don't close the door well all they the time. need to use your toilet because their toilet is full no. up no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you're not going to my toilet not using my shower you, you no no you just stay welcome. out at least in the kitchen, I've got salt. I've seen Supernatural. I've yeah, poured that stuff true. all over the place. I've got two types of salt. Do you want the fine grind or the rock salt? I'll throw it all at you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Liberally doing the yes. we, the windmill. Yeah, I don't want to. Go- yeah, but I, I don't want to. I don't want a ghost in my bedroom. That's like part of part of her like night terrors and sleep paralysis that she had. Really, I mean, I've had that happen. And it's not cool. So yeah, I don't want mm. I don't want that to happen. And you know, the house that I'm building, it does have three levels, and the bottom level, I guess you can say, is the basement. So I don't want that to happen either. So I guess I'm also going with kitchen ghost. No. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to pick the place because your it, house is. Right. Going to it is a murder house. There were murders that happened there in the previous home, so <laughs> no. Really? No. no. I'm like, just, what? That's exciting. I mean, it's, what? It is. No, that's a is. myth we're perpetuating. Look, <laughs> I'm like, what? Is it? No. I missed something big. I'm like, what? There's a haunted, was a there Garfield. Was a haunted Garfield on the property, uh, and, and there were two houses. Sorry, everyone. There are two houses on the property, and the the house in the front had like. It was definitely, there was definitely murders that happened in that house, but that house doesn't exist anymore. But you cannot tell me that someone was not murdered in that house because the front door didn't have a doorknob. It only had a deadbolt. You cannot tell me that someone was not locked into that house to die. But it's not there anymore, so Mm. it's fine. (laughs) Hmm. It's fine. We'll we'll still get the Ouija board out on over the site. No, just to and stimulate the ghosts in the trees, yeah. and then the trees start creeping in. Yeah, Ew. it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. 
Thanks. I don't live there. I'm Thank fine with that. Thank you for haunting my house. <laughs> You're welcome. Jeez. Okay. Now, what's our next question? Now, we're saving yours for last, Tamara, by the way. No, but it's it's so good. It's It's so good. No, it's a good question. It's good. Would you rather see your hand turn off your shower with you in it, but naked and soapy, or someone at the bottom of your bed fisting your Mm -hmm. duvet? Nope. Oh, my God. You know, I kind of thought, Claire, that your question was going to, because you mentioned her being naked. I thought it was going to have something to do with her being naked. And um, excuse me, the times that we did not mention where she stripped off all her clothes and ran naked through the streets. We didn't mention that. Yeah. So I thought that's what you were going to talk about. I thought you were going to talk mm. about being naked. But you didn't. You didn't go there. No. Hmm. I don't know. Which would I rather? I guess I'll take the shower. I'll take the shower. It's, yeah, I guess. his hand as long as it doesn't touch me we're fine as long as it doesn't (laughs) touch me we're good i guess i have to agree with you i have to go with this with the shower but back to the question before with you know i don't want to i don't want a sleep paralysis night terror with someone in my bedroom so no no i'm with you there the hand the hand is easier to dismiss Mm mm-hmm then yeah because you're only seeing the, the hand it's Ste- only the hand. Your comforter so that's yeah fine <laughs> this sugar's audacious really is. isn't she i mean this sugar does not you know, give one fuck about you no <laughs> no she's she's there to do a job and she's i hope do she's it. getting yeah. a good paycheck <laughs> but we know she's not she gets the house at the end, and it's fully renovated. You know, the electricity's <laughs> been brought up to code. It's not a bad deal. You can <laughs> avoid actually, jail. She'll have, she'll have a toilet she can flush now. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have to have a She doesn't house. have to travel all the way down to the, under, <laughs> the other end of the neighborhood to poop anymore. <laughs> I need to go to poop. <laughs> 219. <laughs> 219. No, Ma, it's 218. 218 now. Sorry, 219. We've pooped up 219. We got to move on. <gasps> Do you think the pooped on the secret garden for some... Yeah, know, that's why it's growing so well, because they pooped on it. It's fertilized. It's yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to toss that out. Don't that's smoke gross. that. It is it. not going to smell very good. Mm-hmm. That is poop. That's, that, that's not. It healthy. might kill you. Something might happen. I don't <laughs> know what. <laughs> and Mari thought the first time no. she was spiked. Whoa! Oh my God. Yeah. She's got nothing on it. Good job. It's going to the compost okay. heap. Would you rather <laughs> encounter John John or Miss Sugar? Miss Sugar. Easy. I'll take that old lady on. I don't care. I'll give a zero fucks. I'm telling you. <laughs> See, I would have said John John because I think John John's probably he he does what his mom's t- telling him to do, and he's just he just he just wants to 
toilet. I thought she was. He just wants to. He just wants to have he's, a sandwich. He's just misunderstood, but I think I don't think I could have a conversation with him smelling like that. I think I would just like keel over or be like. I would take him outside the back. I would do get not the hose out. him. <laughs> Stand and I'd be there. like, so John, no, John, how's life? No, how's you, the, you know, how's the basement? No, you give As him a bath. You let him use your shower and tell Miss Sugar not to turn it off. Mm. No, you. He's got to be hosed outside first. I'm sorry. That, who's cleaning that be, bath? He's going to be thick with crud. Yes. He's going to have to have his hair all shaved off because that's going to be because well, he, he hasn't mess. washed his hair in thirty years. That's going to be never bad. been cleaned. Exactly. That's got to go. He He's going to be riddled with lice. Oh, God. Oh, it's making my head itch. Oh, my God. Pressure ah. washer in the backyard. <laughs> then he can have he can have a bath bomb. He can have some nice candles. Some, he can have a glass of wine. Some chill music in the bath. Once Look, we've got I just want to take care gone. of him because he's just been doing what crazy Miss Sugar has been telling him to do for 30 years. And he realized when they almost killed Sammy, like, no, what we're doing is wrong. And he came, he is, he is the hero he has a with Sammy and with Buddy. So I want to let him have a luxurious bubble bath. But you need to get rid of the initial layer of crud. Because you can't, you can't, you, otherwise, he's just lying in his own filth. Ew. Oh, gosh. Oh, yes. True facts. Mm. So we but... need to get rid of it, have a nice exfoliate, and then he can just lie in the spa bath and relax. And we'll take care of him. And we'll, you know, we'll give him a sandwich to go in with. Because the height of luxury is having a sandwich. Yeah, tuna having... Sandwich. Having a tuna sandwich in the bath. No, you can't get your bread wet. With you his... can't have a you can't have a sandwich in the bath. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism <laughs> for something else. But he's he's in the bath with his tuna sandwich and crucial conflict playing in the background <laughs> and his candles and just relax and just chilling. <laughs> give him a blunt. He'll do. He'll be good with it. Oh, he'll be fine. <laughs> But we have to get rid of the okay, layer of crud. Fine. Has to go. So get Sorry. get rid of his his layer of but crud. We'll take care of him. Give him a coney in the bathtub with his weed, and it'll be fine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He will he'll, come out of that. Will, you won't even man. know who he is. You'll be like, "Who is this handsome yes. man coming out of my bathtub?" Exactly. <laughs> Why were you Where in my are bathtub? Your <laughs> What is oh happening gosh. right now? His oh, fingers. His are fingers gone. are gone. We need to. Ugh. We need to move on. At least Buddy didn't swallow them. You know, at least they got yeah, them out. Maybe they didn't can, have to. Maybe know, they can reattach them. them. Try and yeah. Surgically reattached. Who? He can't even go outside. That's true. <laughs> They're gonna die we... before he gets outside. John John's gone. John John's in the tunnel, Damn burning it. somewhere. Sorry, John John. Damn it, John John. If there's one character I do feel really sorry for, I feel more sorry for John John than I do for P- Pippa. Piper, yeah, sorry. She, she push her down the stairs. I'm serious. That's all she gets. If if, if I have to keep only one one person <laughs> out of those two, I'm keeping John John. Yeah, <laughs> he needs a second chance. I did. I felt so awful when he started to talk and he couldn't speak. He's like stuttering. He's trying to say wait, and I'm like, oh my god. He hasn't. 
that's awful. You can't even express yourself. And it's like, no wonder like people are taking advantage and like making up stories because you can't even defend yourself properly. Or you know what I mean? Like, just supposed to prove that the people, a lot of people, you know, garbage people that misjudged him. Yeah. There's a lot of people responsible for putting him in that horrible situation. So we need to give him a bubble bath and a coney and some weed and save him. Yes. yes, maybe right out of um, yeah. Mari's garden. There we I go. I mean, he pooped on it. He pooped on it. So it's, it's his poop. Exactly. <laughs> he can have it then. It's his own stuff. It's just recycling. <laughs> okay. All right, Tamara, what's your question? All right. Would you rather live in a haunted house with gross smells and scary voices and loud bangs or live in a haunted house with physical paranormal activity, like opening of doors, moving of furniture, etc., and physically, visually seeing ghosts around the house. That's scary. Easy. I'm, I'm going to paranormal investigate the heck out of the house. I want full apparitions. I want to see... I, I'll take it all, to be fair. I want to see it all because I want to get those, that, 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 that perfect shot. That's going to just, like, blow. Absolutely make it go completely wild, the paranormal world. That, like, everybody's like, shit, man. And watch it on repeat. I'm going to have Zach Baggins knocking on my door going, wow, amazing. Can we have this for my haunted museum? Nice. Easy. <laughs> Give me that good stuff. Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with real physical stuff too, because like smells really bother me anyway. And so if it's like a haunted smell, that's worse. They really smells and stuff really really bother yeah. me, and sounds too. Everybody knows that I have weird sound problems. I mean, I'm fucking terrified of wind chimes, so I. Yeah, I'm. You can move all my glasses around in the kitchen. That's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of there too. The same answer because sounds like banging doors, you know, like banging noises, and I can't. I, I'd be awake all the time. But if I knew what to expect, oh, I see this particular ghost all the time, you can start ignoring it. It doesn't matter. It's not doing anything to you. It might move your chair. Or <laughs> something, but it's not going to physically touch you, so I can get over that. I can I can move on. But it depends on what kind of haunting it is as well. Because if it's an intelligent ghost that you can act- actually have a conversation with, you can be like, "Dude, what the hell? Mm. Stop it! You know this is my dance space. That's your dance space." <laughs> and then like you can have some kind of negotiation with them. It's like, stop coming into the bathroom when I'm peeing. Go poop on your you know? own weed. Mm-hmm. Whereas, exactly, <laughs> go and poop on your own weed. So you can, have, but if it if it's not intelligent and it's just like you know, it just it, it's just on repeat, then yeah, exactly what you say. You can just live with it because you know at eight o'clock every day the yes. wailing banshee is just going to come down the stairs screaming and then get murdered at the bottom. Yes, you know that's going to happen. Yep, and you can just like not be in the house. Or you can videotape and get that sweet, sweet shot. Or invite people over yeah. for the show. Dinner yeah. in the show. Yeah. 
and then carry yeah, on. It's over fine. until tomorrow. And then you get woken <laughs> exactly, up again at exactly. three nineteen in the morning exactly. or whatever fucking time it was that she kept getting woken up every time. When I was pregnant, I woke up every night at three a.m. precisely. Oh, so wow. I'm used to that kind of thing. So yeah, that's you know, why you whatever. Don't have children. Another reason. It's another reason to add to another the list. Another reason. That and they poop everywhere indiscriminately. They fill, well. up, they fill oh. up the house with poop, and then you have yeah. to move to the next house, <laughs> and then the next house, and then the next house. What is happening? What is happening? We just drop. Poop we need on to move floor. on. <laughs> we can. We need to can know. We about out of this now. Another. Nope. <laughs> and move on to favorite final thought quote. Do we have any? Anybody have any good quotes? Um, Cameron, you got some good ones. Let's see. I might have one. I called myself taking a screenshot of one. <laughs> As you know, with audiobook, it's hard to keep it track is. of the quotes like that. But um, okay. There's one quote. Yusuf, I have anxiety is a full and complete statement. I don't have to explain the what and the why to That's you. True. That's a good one. I was like, you go, girl. That was the one thing I liked that you said. <laughs> you know what's my favorite thing that she said? Well, tell Miss Sugar to suck a dick. Hmm. <laughs> Yo, yes, that was a good one, too. That's mine. I don't have anything that's snappy and witty. No? I like the life lesson that she gave. I fall asleep during most movies, but if I had known that movie would be the key to my survival here, I'd have drunk some coffee. That's a good one. Do you know what else I liked? I liked Erica when she was high, and she was like, yo, do you realize that we have eggs inside us and lay eggs like chickens every month? We ain't nothing but some birds. <laughs> Being a chick is some wild shit, bruh. Yeah, you're right. It's true. Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, Erica, what, what kind of weed did you, you smoke to... today, girl? Yeah. Like, mm. random, but okay. Uh, can we give props to Sammy when he's at uh, Mr. Wiggle's apple farm? He, this is this is the core apple for it. He point he points to a rundown stallion making loops with kitties on its back. Dude, that's like for babies. He holds his hand up. I don't care. I love she Sammy. Steed. <laughs> that's a good one. You know he's larping in the future. He is larping. Sammy's my hero. <laughs> I'll yeah. give you my serious one that I okay. did pull as well. This is my actual serious one. Anxiety is a real thing. Mm. I wouldn't be this way for shits yeah. and giggles. Yeah. I hated, though, that Yusuf was like, what do you have yeah. to be anxious about? Like, you have a house, you have a family. And then she's like, yeah, I can't help it. It's not like I chose to do this. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know her either. You just know anything about her. Yeah. yeah There's different levels her. of anxiety. Like, you can you can be anxious about some weird stuff. You, you don't choose it. Mm-hmm. You can't help it. No. Don't be a judgy dickhead. You know, I don't know if you guys have a talk space sponsor, but if you do, this would be a great place to insert it. Everyone needs some therapy. Yeah, 
Yeah, we need that. Hook us up with sponsorship. Yeah, get one. Or Waffle House. We have so many sponsors <laughs> that we wish we had, but we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> it's fine. You'll we get some. But we're open to it. One day. All right. Uh, if you like this, try this. Got any recommendations? Did you find anything? You found one. I do have All right, one. What is it? I have one. I do have one. And I read the book, actually. So Alyssa Cole's When No One Is Watching. Have you read that? No. So it's kind of about another, like, community situation that's kind of going through gentrification. And um, it's like you think something weird, odd is going on, but it has a similar vibe of it's not what it appears to be. You know, that same like social mm-hmm. commentary type of thing going mm-hmm. but um it's also it's adults but it's not adult you know there's nothing <laughs> in there that would stop a, a, a teen okay. a white lover okay. from reading it so yeah although i rated that oh, a lot lower oh. than i rated this one i'm just oh. saying i'm full disclosure <laughs> but at least you're recommending it so that it can't be that bad yeah no, it's not that bad. If you like this, this is in that wheelhouse. It is. So right. you should like that. Don't come for me if you Look, don't. People should probably come for us all the time with stuff that we say. But No! <laughs> no! I'm not being held responsible. The books are out there. It's not like I wrote sure. them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to suggest, Claire? Uh, Horrid by Katrina Leno, which we covered on this fair podcast. I'm going to just read the summary out and or just go and check out the episode. Uh, following her father's de- death, Jane North Robinson and her mom moved from sunny California to dreary, dilapidated old house in Maine, where her mo- mother grew up. All they want is a fresh start, but behind North Manor's doors lurk a history that leaves them feeling more alone and more tormented. As the cold New England autumn arrives and Jane settles into her new home, she finds solace in old books and memories of her dad. She steadily begins making new friends, but also faces bullying from the resident Bad Seed, struggling to tamp down her worst nature in response. Jane's mom also seems to be spiralling with the return of her childhood home, which she won't reveal why. Then Jane discovers that the strange room her mom has kept locked isn't for storage at all. It's a little girl's bedroom, left untouched for years, not quite as empty as inhabitants as it might appear. Is it grief, mental illness, or something mm. more? Oh, that was a good one. That was a good It has some really freaky book. bits. It does. Oh. It's not even a hashtag tenuous link. No, but it is legitimately a link. It is the same. It's the same thing. Except, is it? But more paranormal. It's more paranormal. It's true. It is. It's, and it's even got the strong smells because of the roses. It does. It's actually a ghost. It has an actual ghost. An actual, an actual real ghost. That sounds good, though. It's, it's really, really good. good. It's really good. We like hmm. that one a lot. What's yours? Um, I'm going to suggest another book that we've covered on the podcast a long, long time ago. That was in the before times. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. We need to cover it again because it's a Don Kurtigich and everyone knows how of much I love course. Don Kurtigich. And the trees crept in. Oh, that Kurtigich. Book's or, creepy. Yes. 
It is so good. It is so good. You might also know it by its UK title, The Creeper Man. Every time I hear the the, the Creeper Man, I, I sing in my head, I fell in love with the Creeper Man, and that's completely inappropriate that for is the book. Not, that is not it the is same kind of Creeper Man. nothing to do with man. the book. Exactly, Mm-mm. but I can't help Mm-mm. but sing it. No. <laughs> I think Every... I have that book on my TBR, though, Amanda. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good, especially the audio. You have to listen to the audio. Mm. So the summary is, when Scylla and Nori arrive at their aunt's home, it's immediately clear that the manor is cursed the endless creaking of the house at night and the eerie stillness of the woods surrounding them would be enough of a sign but there are secrets too questions that Scylla can't ignore why does it seem that ever since they arrived the trees have been creeping closer who is the beautiful boy who's appeared from the woods and who is the tall man with no eyes who nori plays with in the basement at night Mm. a man no one else can see this is one of my favorite my most favorite books of all time is it oh my god creepy so good okay i'm gonna definitely get to it then you've you've convinced me (laughs) every dawn kurtigich book needs to be listened to at least once at least Mm. once Yep. In the dark at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh wow. Or just... or driving down a creepy, curvy, winding road in the darkness. By That's... Ooh, there's lots of those in my area. Yeah. yeah. By yourself as well. Yep. Yeah. You need to listen. You need to listen to Don Kurtigan. She's the master of Okay. Horror. Wow. Okay. I had no yeah. idea. She was on I remember when this book came out. It was kind of like kind of popular at the time and I'm like, I must add it to my list. I just never got to it. You need it's to. It's completely worth it. It Amazing. is. Mm. So good. Especially the audio produced by Elise Green, my hero in life. <laughs> so good. Do we have any indie spotlights this week? We do. We do have an indie spotlight and it um it matches up with parts of our book this week. So there is there is a tenuous link. Um, so this one is The Displaced by Rodrigo Ribeira Diebre. And um, it's set on the west side of Los Angeles in 1999. And it tells the story of a primarily Latino working class neighborhood already polarized by street violence between rival gangs, made even more uneasy by the looming threat of Y2K and hashtag tenuous link gentrification. Uh, while why, while Y2K was the threat that wasn't, rapid gentrification is something that still poses a threat for many long-standing communities in urban areas all over the country. Rodrigo Ribeira de Bray was born and raised in L.A.'s West Side, and his novel is inspired by real experiences he had while growing up in the neighborhood. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So that's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And Tamara, tell us where we can find you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You can find the Shelf Addiction Podcast virtually on any podcast app. Just look it up. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and TikTok at Shelf Addiction. Yes. 
And yes. we also share your your promo in a lot of our episodes because really oh you guys are the best (laughs) join us next time as we discuss from dead to worse by charlene harris look out for our would you rather polls on social media don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on facebook be sure to visit our shop on redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on patreon at patreon.com slash fictional hangover until next time remember the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you like this episode, check out our others, and rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.